Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the inaugural episode of season five of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, an episodic podcast where two, sometimes three, sometimes four good pals gather around a table and discuss everything NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. I am one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costu, along with special guest this week, the pure one, Mike Robson. Michael, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening on the eve of the NHL season? I'm doing well. Excited to finally get back into regular season hockey, even though we've somehow managed to have two games already over the weekend. Yeah, um, I th- I'm sure that was a shocker for some fantasy teams. Some, some guys probably forgot to set their lineups and then realized, shit, there's hockey in Prague t- today. Yeah, I'm go- so I'm going up against you this week, and I checked oh, yeah, out right. already down 6 nothing. Because I don't have any yeah. 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 And, yeah, and I only had one guy, like Eric Carlson, put up a, a shot, a hit, and a and a plus. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I guess that gives me a six nothing lead. So uh, I I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the reason you hear Michael's voice today and, and and not Kyle's is no, Kyle has not been permanently kicked off the podcast. Uh, as much as some of us may like that, uh, Kyle is having some technical troubles. Uh, technical difficulties, so he can't join us here today, uh, this evening. Uh, but his his spirit is with us, and uh, we anticipate he'll be back uh, on the next episode. But we got to get this out. It's the season preview show. It's it's the debut of another season of Rink Moose. So we're excited if you're listening to have you on board yet again. And uh, as usual with these first episodes, we're going to take you division by division, four divisions: Atlantic, Metro, Pacific, Central. And we're going to predict our teams here, prognostications, fantasy sleepers, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so we're going to start off with the Atlantic. Uh, all our Toronto fans, all our Ontario fans can get excited about that. And uh, without further ado, uh, number eight in the Atlantic division, we're going right to you, Michael. Who do you got? Number eight. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of change from last year. I think Montreal's come in last in the Atlantic. I don't think they're going to be last in the league this year, but I I think that they haven't done enough in a very competitive division to get themselves out of that eighth spot. I I found myself at times throughout the offseason questioning some of the moves that they made because it looks like they were trying to be more competitive than they should as a team that's in a rebuild. Right, Picking up Sean Monaghan... Uh, trading for Mike Matheson, going out and trading for Kirby Doc. Like they picked up pieces who have the potential to drag them into that missing middle of the NHL. But ultimately, their decor this year is, for the most part, an AHL team. Their goaltending is okay, but not good enough to make up for those uh, for those gaps. Um, and their forward core, although they'll be exciting and it'll be nice to see a full season of Caulfield under San Louis, um, they're just not going to be good enough to get past all the other teams in the Atlantic. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I got on number eight, too. Uh, Kyle, you can turn off the podcast right now because uh, you're not going to want to hear this. But I mean, hey, like uh, I, I, as, as much as I think they're the eighth seeded team, I'm, I'm not I'm not not a, like I don't. I still think this team's going to be good one day. I still think they're on a good trajectory. Uh, like this Kent Hughes, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find too many mistakes he's made so far. I think he's been very cerebral. I think he's made a lot of a lot of smart moves. I really like the Doc trade at the draft. 
uh, you know, uh, Romanov maybe wasn't a fit early on. And I, I think they need that center presence, that big center presence. I've always loved Kirby Doc. And, uh, you know, I think they've done a lot of good things, moving out money, moving out big, bad contracts. Um, I, I think you've clearly seen he's, he's a very smart man, this, this lawyer, uh, Kent Hughes. He is a lawyer, is he not? I, I think so. I mean, yeah, he's, he's an, agent. an agent. I can't, yeah. I can't speak to whether he was a lawyer before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think he's done a very good job. The Slavkovsky pick will get some ridicule, you know, and, and I think Kyle, if he were on the show right now, would, would be, you know, going all out, all over that because, we, you know, we've seen the clips. He, he's kind of looked, you know, a little, a little, uh, you know, lost at times on the ice, you know, a little uncoordinated. He just looks like a, you know, I think Joe called him a, 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 for, a Tyler, Tyler Myers playing forward, um, which, you know, yeah, just, just looking at it, just looking at his, uh, you know, disposition on the ice. He does not look like a smooth, sexy skater. You know, this is not Timmy Stutzel. And, uh, and, and I, I, I myself have some concerns. But every pundit out there is like, oh, this kid, he, he's going to be so good. He's going to be so good. So, like, I don't know. I guess we got to listen to the pundits. But I just I, I don't see it so far. And, uh, and, and, and I hope I'm wrong because, like I said, this Hughes guy has been very good. But I don't uh, – this Levkovsky pick. And we just heard he made the team, uh, you know, yesterday. So – um, you know, I think a lot of this year will be how those young kids continue to develop, right? How does Kirby Doc develop? How does Slavkovsky develop? How long is he in the NHL? Is he down to the AHL? You know, I, I know I, I would personally have him in Finland right now, but he will be starting in, in you know, playing professionally. Um, and, and, and just, you know, how, how do the how do the older guys help segue the young kids to, to, to develop? You know, how does how does, uh, you know, how does uh, Brennan Gallagher, does he still have it? You know, can this guy still lead this team? Uh, you know, uh, how, how does uh, Monaghan, you know, how does he fit? I think he'll be a good fit. I, I think I think this is a good fit for him. You know, I think it gives him an opportunity to really redeem himself in a market that kind of turned on him. You know, those fans that wanted nothing to do with him, you know, come the tail end of his time there. So um, I'm excited. I think I think there'll be fun nights. Marty St. Louis will get ton of play out of Cole Caulfield. Caulfield will have a great season. He'll be great in fantasy, plenty of shots, plenty of goals, you know, definitely 30, 35 goals. Um, but yeah, another development year for Montreal. Um, and no carry price, which was another sad thing we heard about the off season, you know, his, 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 his career, you know, very much in jeopardy now. And it's on the shoulders of, of Jake Allen to, to lead them. So that's probably my take on them. Just another year development and uh, eighth place seat. I think, the best thing you can ask of this team this year is to not be dead last in the league and to win the lottery, right? Like I, you want them to be a bottom five team. If you're a Montreal fan, they, they still need more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they need to fill the seats. And I think they've done a good job of making a team that can do that. Their, mm-hmm. their top nine forwards aren't, you know, they're not world breaking, but they're, they're a good mix of, old old talent and young prospects and i think that they'll you know they'll score a lot of goals but they'll also let in a lot of goals um which could bode well if you want to try to take somebody like kirby dock in fantasy i personally mm-hmm. would stay away from him i think uh you're you're betting a lot on power play from kirby mm-hmm. dock on that team because the as of right now i believe his line mates are monahan and hoffman and hoffman who has been in the past a consistent 20, 30 goal scorer. I, I don't think he showed that last year. And I, I wouldn't really 
wouldn't bet on a bounce back on a team that is lacking with pure playmakers to set up somebody like Hoffman, who really relies on getting open and having somebody else find him for his shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I certainly agree. Um, yeah, there'll be some fun nights. They'll play the Leafs tough. You know, they always, they always do. Uh, but at the end of the day, eighth seed uh, for, for Montreal. Number seven, um, we'll take the lead here. Uh, I got the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I, I, I like their trajectory, you know, fantastic trajectory. They seem to be doing things right under this new GM. I believe he just got an extension a few months back. So he's clearly being rewarded. Uh, you know, Owen Power, very excited to watch a full season of Owen Power. How does he play? Um, you know, Rasmus Dalin, hopefully another year of progression for him. Um, you know, the, you know, Alex Tuck a full year with Buffalo. He had a great, great little stint with them last year after the Eichel trade, um, you know, paid in creds. How does he continue to develop? He kind of had a nice little stint there at the end too. Um, again, a team developing, I'd say with a brighter future than Montreal at this point, just because of the sheer prospect pool. I, I, you know, I think the athletic had them as the best prospect system in all the NHL. Um, you know, Cage Thompson, I think he had something like 40 goals last year. Can he repeat on something like that? Um, so lots of optimism, you know, that, um, that, that coach of theirs, Granado, uh, you know, the people love him. I think they finally have a good coach there who, who the fans and the players can get behind. Um, very bright future for Buffalo. They're going to play teams really tight. And, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they even come sixth in this division. Uh, you know, I, that, that's how highly I, I see this team. Very excited. I think the goaltending is still very suspect. You know, Craig Anderson, I can't believe the guy's still playing. I think he's four. Is he 40, 41? I mean, he's it's tough. insane. Yeah, it's insane. And he played a lot of games last year. So I have no idea how he did it. But the guy's a gamer. Uh, there's, there's fewer bigger gamers in, in the NHL from the goalie position than Craig Anderson. And uh, they're going to play teams tough. And he plays teams tough all the time. So uh, seven seed, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, early on, we have our first point of uh, contention. I'm going yeah. to Detroit in the seventh okay. seed. Okay. And I think there were three GMs who had big off seasons uh, that stick out in my mind, right? It's Pierre Dorian. It's, um, I'm going to mess this up, but like Brad Trelevin in mm-hmm. Calgary, and then uh, Steve Steve Eiserman in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And he brought in Perron, he brought in Andrew Kopp, and he brought in Billy Huso. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that even those additions and the addition of new head coach Derek Lalonde is enough to change what was just an abysmal defensive structure uh, for the D- Detroit Red Wings. I remember when Guy Boucher came in for the Ottawa Senators in his first year, they took a long time to adjust to his system. It wasn't pretty, and they figured it out, but they had Eric Carlson on the back end, who at that time uh, was the best defenseman in the league. Um, Moritz Sider is a good player. He's a really solid player on the back end for Detroit, but I don't think that he can carry that defensive core. Uh, ben Sherratt is physical and tough, but slow, and I think that he's going to get he's going to get beat. And I think ultimately, although Detroit has brought in some support up front with Perron and Cobb, that they're just still not going to be good enough to pull themselves out of the basement of the Atlantic. Um, really, my knock on them is more so that I like Buffalo more than I like them. Uh, but 
I think Detroit has another year of pain ahead of them before it starts to get better. And they've sent Edvinson back to Sweden, I believe, or he's playing in the AHL, but he didn't make the team. He needs another year. They had a preseason game against Toronto where it was that it was their A team against Toronto's B team. And for that first period, all of those problems were still there. Now, I didn't I didn't get to watch the second and third, and they did come back to win that game, but the defensive zone coverage issues still exist, and it's going to be a while before they're corrected. So I, I just think they're going to give up too many goals to finish higher than seventh in the Atlantic. So you don't believe in this mastermind Lalonde, this guy who was behind all the defense in Tampa, because supposedly he was. John I, Cooper was John Cooper was picking his nose while this guy was doing all the defensive, you know, X's and O's. I I don't think that Lalonde is. I, I let me let me put it this way. I think Lalonde <laughs> will get them to play defensive hockey, but I think by the time he gets them to play defensive hockey, that they will have played themselves into a bit of a hole, and they're not going to be able to play themselves out of it because their offensive talent, like they're not. I think this year, if they are going to win, they're going to have to win like the Dallas Stars did last year, and they just don't have that shutdown hockey in them. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean. And 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 that segues nicely in, into uh, into my six, which is uh, Detroit. Uh, you know, the reason I would disagree with you is because I just I find more of a veteran presence on this team. You know, I look at the top line of Buffalo and I see Tuck, Middlestack, Quinn, Olafson, Thompson, Krebs, Cousins, like so young, so much potential, but so darn young. And then I look at the forward group of Detroit who. You know, you talk about teams that went out and just spent money this year. Detroit is at like the top five of that list. And and you could argue they're not where they should be to do that. You know, maybe Steve Eiserman kind of, you know, messed up doing that. But it sounds like he really wanted to support the younger kids, like the Mo Siders and the Dylan or the Dylan Larkins with these with these guys like David Perron. I'm a huge as a as a St. Louis Blues fan. I'm a huge fan of this guy. This guy's a perennial 30 goal scorer. Um, you know, um, Jakob Vrana is going to have a breakout year this year. That was a sleeper in fantasy. I was trying to target, but someone stole him from me. You know, this is a guy who just couldn't break out of the depth chart in Washington, but now is going to have what I believe is a, a huge season. Andrew Kopp, who was a huge reason New York progressed all as far as they did, just great checking forward. You know, he's going to help with that defensive structure, I'm sure. Um, so I just see guys who are more developed, all three of those guys, Vrana, Perron, Kopp, super developed guys. Larkin now is more of a, you know, veteran role. Uh, Lucas Raymond almost won the rookie of the year last year. He'll probably take a big step this year. And then Tyler Bertuzzi, the guy, the guy's a gamer. That guy, that guy blocks, like that guy's the shop blocker of all shop blockers. That guy's, that guy has guts. Um, so I, and then the goaltending, I think their goaltending is objectively better than Buffalo. I, I, I want to put more faith in a Vili Huso and an Alex Nadeljevic combo than Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson. So I think the goaltending is better. I like the more veteran leadership on the Red Wings. Uh, and that's why I have them slightly above. But again, I agree with you. Not, not playoffs or either one of these teams. Um, they won't get a sniff. But that's why I like, that's why I like Detroit more. Yeah. Well, and, and I, my, big, my big reason why I love Buffalo is just the attitude around the team. I think there is this like happy-go-lucky, we're going to go out there and surprise people attitude around that team. And I think they can live up to that. I think they're doing things right 
as far as organizationally, naming Kyle Lockhouse captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you like that, eh? Pardon? You like that move. I really like that move. I think okay. I'm a huge fan of naming somebody captain, not who is necessarily your best player, but who exemplifies what you want your team to be. I think you can't ask for more as far as determination, tenacity, and showing up every day, even when things are tough, than Kyle Ocposa. And I think he's been doing that for his entire time in Buffalo, and I think he's a great leader for those young young kids who are, for the most part, in between 20 and 22 years old. Um, I think Peyton Krebs is going to continue to struggle. I don't think you can count on Jeff Skinner to put up the year that he did. Uh, but I think like players like Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, like they're going to take steps forward this year. And they so certainly I, will. They, they, yeah. they certainly will. And I, I think, you know, we can talk about veteran presence, but there are players who you watch who play with poise. And Owen Power, in the small time he got in the NHL last year, played with poise. And I, I think you could very well see him supplant Rasmus Dallin as Buffalo's top defender by the end of the year. Um, I don't think he's going to win the Calder. I don't know if he's going to be a huge point producer for them, but I think as far as like a steadying presence on the back end, you can't ask for more than a guy who's already shown that he feels like he belongs and he can play like it too. So you you think he will be manning the top power play power play by the end of the year? That's your I don't know if he'll be manning the top power play, but I think they will be giving him more minutes than Dolly. More minutes. Like I think they'll be relying wow. on him more in all wow. situations than than they do Dolly. Yeah, no, that kid has really shown something at the world level. When I whenever I watched him play, like at that World Juniors that got canceled last year, he was he was awesome in those preseason games. Um, I'm very excited to see what this guy can do. Um, no, that's that's a that's a very exciting take, and I agree with the Oclozo captain decision. But man, I gotta say, how is Alex Tuck not an assistant? When that guy got traded there, he was speaking so highly of that organization, how much he wanted to be there. I believe he's a local from Buffalo. Why is Zegmus Gergensen's an assistant and not Alex Tuck? I think they got that totally wrong. I, I would agree. I, I mean, I think Gergensen's as far as longevity on that team, and who knows what goes on in the locker room as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but but I, I would agree that Tuck said all the right things, played the right way last year, and is another player who I think you can point to as doing the right things on and off the ice. Agreed. Um, okay, so that's, that's our 6, 7, 8. Uh, so only little difference there. Uh, number five, doubt there'll be a, 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 a difference here. I got the Ottawa Senators, uh, a team we got to see in person last year when we did our road trip uh, to see uh, to see the Sens play. Um, yeah, I mean, best offseason in the league, arguably. You know, uh, Pierre Dorian had himself quite the summer, uh, adding the likes of uh, Alex Debrinkat, Claude Giroux, um, you know, lot, lot, lots of those are two huge additions. And then, you know, they had a successful draft, another good draft under his belt. Um, and and now basically what you have is a top six who really rivals any team in the league. You know, you know how good, you know, Batherson and Kachuk and Norris can be. And then, you, you know, with the Brinkat and Giroux, it's just it adds this whole new element. You know, you have a, a true 40 goal sniper in Debrinkat, a veteran leader in Giroux who can really step in 
Um, I'm very excited to see what this team can do. I'm very excited to see how they deploy the power play. You know, I think early on right now, it's been kind of that there isn't really a one unit that it's kind of split. We've got a 50% with one, 50% with the other. Fantasy people won't like that. Uh, myself being a Josh Norris owner. Um, but we'll see how that develops. Um, but I think the really Achilles heel team is uh, the Achilles heel heel on this team is the defense. You know, uh, you know, Sanderson will deliver. I know you're a big Sanderson fan and everyone is speaking so highly of them in this preseason so far. But man, oh, man, I mean, they just haven't done enough in my mind. You know, Zaitsev as a Leaf fan, you know, I think we didn't like the guy, you know, no Leaf fan liked the guy. Um, Eric Brandstrom, you know, he's shown glimpses of offensive production, but on the back on the on the defensive end, can, can he hold up? Um, and, and Travis Hamnick, I mean, how's this guy still in the league? I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of a joke. I just listed off half their defense core and I can't, I can't even find any positives with any of those guys. So, you know, Sanderson, Chabot, great. But after that, uh, I just don't think Dio Dorian for as well as, as he's done supporting the group up front. I don't think you're seeing that same, uh, you know, depth on the back end. Uh, love the Cam Talbot addition. I think it's good for him. He'll get more playing time than he would have been in Minnesota. He's going to be a happy man. Uh, but that defense will let them down. There'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of um, uh, you know uh, you know uh, breakdowns defensively. Um, and hell, it might even cost the coach there his job. I was reading an article today. He's in the top five coaches to potentially get fired. DJ Smith uh, this year. So we will see uh, what happens there in Ottawa. So the coaching thing is surprising to me because I think that since he's arrived, he's only had a positive impact. But uh, I could see how with expectations as high as they are right now in Ottawa, um, that he would be in the hot seat. Yeah, so I, I have Ottawa here at five as well. Um, and I, the only reason that I will add is I toyed with putting them at four. But with Talbot out, for five to seven weeks to start the season and Anton Forsberg being good, but an unproven commodity as far as consistency goes. I think that um, their decor has to go up against the Atlantic. Their goaltending isn't as solid as I would like it to be. And it's going to keep them from taking that big step that they need to, to get into the playoffs. But ultimately they will take a step forward. It'll be another great year of development. And uh, I would keep an eye on Shane Pinto to pick up some really good fantasy value, especially because they have two power play units. And I could see him maybe sneakily playing himself onto their power play one. Wow. Wow. Uh, because he looked he looked really good in preseason. And I think a full season of healthy Shane Pinto is is going to be really good for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I, I heard good things about him, too, in the preseason. So I, I think that'll be that's another guy up front. We are just very excited to see his development trajectory. But again, I wish I could say the same about the back end. And uh, unfortunately, I, I just can't. So number uh, that'll be five for Ottawa. Uh, five on our list there, unanimous. Uh, moving on, we might have some uh, difference here. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one, uh, Mike. Who you got, Who you got number four? So... I have number four is Boston, and okay. the reason I have number four is Boston is because they will be missing Marshawn and McAvoy until December. Mm-hmm. Um, they've brought back Krejci and Bergeron. Bergeron is what we know he can be. I don't think it matters who you put on his wing between Taylor Hall, DeBrusque, Pasternak, uh, 
I want to say Charlie Coyle, but he might be playing center for them. Um, yeah, I believe so. Third but, line but center. They, they've got they've got enough wingers that they can put with Bergeron, and Bergeron will continue to be the, one of the best, if not the best, two way forward in the NHL, even with the threat of retirement over the head of the Boston Bruins. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, Krejci and Pasternak look fantastic together in preseason. I think they could be a really explosive duo and make up for the fact that Marshawn will not be back till this December. And then their goaltending tandem, although I don't think either of those guys is a bona fide number one, have proven to work really well. And they're, you know, they're basically the same team from last year that was a playoff team in the East. They finished fourth. Uh, and I think that although they'll be missing key players till December, they can they can survive. They have Krejci back. That death down the middle is back. Um, there's not a lot. Like it's a it's a bad move to bet against the Boston Bruins, especially with the team that they have right now. And they're going to be giving it their all to try to win Bergeron another cup before he steps away from the game. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll be brief with this one. I got Boston four as well. Everything you said was entirely on point. I agree with the the you know the loss of 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 Marshawn and McAvoy for close to two months. I think that in itself pushes them to four. You know, I think if they were healthy all year, I might put them a little higher. But with those two guys gone for a whole two months, you look at their schedule too. In those two months, it's a difficult schedule. There's not a lot of gimmies there. I think they will take a bit of a punch in the face to start the season. Uh, they'll probably get uh, you know a bit of adjustment. You coach too, Jim Montgomery, so that'll be an adjustment. So I think that in itself will get them, you know, Ottawa will probably be ahead of them for the first couple months of the season. Um, you know, albeit Cantalbot's out, so we'll see about that. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, things will balance out. It's hard to bet on these veterans. How do, how do you say Patrice Bergeron in his final year in the NHL misses the playoffs? It, that's just an idiotic prediction in my mind. Um, but the injuries plus the lack of uh, Bruce Cassidy, I think, is a miss because he's a great coach. Uh, I think those two factors, the Cassidy missing, uh, the, the, the loss of McAvoy and, and, and Marshawn for two months, um, I think that sets them a little back, but they still make the playoffs. Uh, they get the wild card. Um, okay, number three. Uh, again, maybe some disagreement here. Who knows? Uh, I got the Florida Panthers. Uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, they, they've lost a lot. You know, despite gaining Kachuk, it's crazy. They they were the blockbuster trade of the summer. They get they get Matthew Kachuk uh, in exchange for uh, Huberto and uh, Mackenzie Weger, uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean it was a crazy deal. It was a blockbuster. It's one of those what they call quote unquote hockey trades. You know, I I, I was in Europe at the time and I heard about this and I just I lost my mind. And, and Kyle was with me and we both were just were just crazy. We thought it was crazy. What a development. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the trade. And as much as they got the best player in the deal, I do believe Brady Kachuk is the best player of that trade. Um, they did lose some depth, especially on the back end. You know, I look at their defense now and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's concerning, uh, Forsling and Ekblad pairing one Montour and Mark Stahl, uh, pairing two Radko Gudis and Matt Kierstead. Never heard of that guy. Is there, uh, is, is there line three? So I'm immediately a little, a little concerned here about the uh, the, the deployment, um, and it's a new coach too, Paul Maurice. Uh, you know, you got rid of Quenville, you got ri- uh, rid of that other coach who got ousted in the first round by Tampa. 
And uh, I think there'll be some adjustment there, you know, and, and, and Paul Maurice, I never really understood Paul Maurice. Maybe you can correct me on this, but like, I know he's one of the most, like he's, he's one of the most winningest coaches in, in the history of the league. And yet he he's had a lot of jobs and a lot of long tenures in the NHL, but he hasn't really won anything. And, you know, he's never really like had a, like an amazing team he coached. And yet this guy keeps getting jobs left, right and center. I think, you know, I think he's really good with the media. I think he's popular with the media. He's a well-spoken guy, but the guy's never really had results, you know? And, uh, and so I thought this decision of hiring was a little, a little, uh, you know, I was a little, uh, shaking my head a bit. So again, coaching change and the lack of defense, uh, concerns me with this team. And that's why I don't have them any higher than third in the Atlantic. So that's my take on Florida. Yeah, I I agree with everything that you just said, except that Kachuk was the best player in that trade. Wow, okay. I think one of the things that I would point to uh, in, in support of that, in support of that disagreement is I think that Kachuk had the benefit of playing on the best line in hockey last year. Him, Lindholm, and Goudreau had a chemistry and a way of playing together that worked. And Goudreau was really the play driver on that line. Like he was the one who had the puck on his stick. He was the one who was making things happen. He was the straw that was stirring the drink. And I think Huberto, as far as things go, is a similar style of player. He is that player with the puck on his stick. He's the player who can make things happen. I think Kachuk needs somebody else who can make things happen with the puck on their stick to be as effective as Kachuk can be. Because he's a really good player away from the puck. And I saw a great tweet that was talking about how even in the NHL, most players in a 60-minute game spend about 20 seconds with the puck on their stick. So most of the game is played away from the puck. But you need somebody who can feed you the puck. You need somebody who can get it to you. And if Kachuk plays with Barkov and Reinhardt, then you know maybe he can find that magic and that chemistry with them again. But otherwise, he, was, he wasn't a 100-point player until last year. He had never been a huge point producer. He brings a lot of intangibles. He's a really good player, but I think uh, they're really going to miss the dynamic play that Huberto brought to their team. And that's why I I wouldn't be surprised if the goaltending is really bad and Maurice is the Paul Maurice from the Winnipeg Jets the past couple seasons if they fall fourth or maybe even out of the playoff spot wow. this year. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think their talent is too good, but it, they, they pushed a lot of pieces around based off of losing one series to Tampa, mm-hmm. right? Like they took the construction of their team and completely changed it. And it's something it's, it's so weird as a Leafs fan, because you watch the Leafs fans call for it year after year for the Leafs and Kyle Dubas continues to be patient, say, no, we're not changing the core. The Panthers have done it. If it works out, Bill Zito looks really good. If it doesn't, it could go really poorly. Oh, yeah. It could get really bad really fast. And I and I'd agree. I think if Ottawa were to get into the playoffs and supplant one of these Atlantic uh, division uh, teams, it would be uh, it would be Florida. You know, as much as I pick Boston for, I just think I, I, I respect that leadership presence on Boston more than this you know, Florida team, which, which did a lot of shaking over the off season. And, uh, and that might hurt them, you know, like that Uyghur guy, he was a, that, that guy was a staple on their back end. 
and Huberto was the quarterback of the power play. So you're losing both of those guys. And I, and I agree, like Huberto is more of a creative guy with the puck than he can drive a line. Kachuk doesn't do that. The reason I say I just think he's the best is because in the playoffs, that's the guy I want. You know, I want that guy in my playoff roster. I think he'll dirty it up and, and get it grinding it out. And, and, and he's just that playoff guy I need. And so that's why I endorsed the trade at the time. You know, he, they were missing some of that back, like that backbone against Tampa. You know, who no one was there to fight back. You know, they just got bullied. And uh, and I think that was a problem. But I agree. Yeah, no, as much as I as much as I disagree with the best player thing. Um, I do agree this team, if things get off the rails, they can get off the rails pretty fast. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is like Florida the year before played a crazy physical series against Tampa. Yeah. I'm not sure physicality was what they were missing, but um, I just, I think, I think, spades. yeah, I, I just think they were missing some of those like playoff goals, you know, like uh, like a guy in the crease, you know, deflecting the puck or getting a rebound like that. That's his game, you know, yeah. and I just I just think they were missing some of that. Um, but we, we move right along. Uh, number two in the Atlantic. Uh, I'm going with Tampa. Uh, I uh, I uh, I, you know, it's a boring pick. I, I think we're just bored talking about this team, quite frankly because they've just been on top of the hockey world now for three straight seasons. Um, and so I, I really don't want to talk about them very much. Um, they didn't really make too many offseason moves. They probably lost more guys than, than gained, quite frankly, you know, especially losing, you know, hard and soul players like Pilat. Um, You know, that's a big loss. Um, I know they'll have a full year of Hagel. They'll have a full year of Paul. And we saw how Paul in the playoffs, how good he was. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, it's more or less the same team. You know, you got that Belmar, Maroon, Perry, fourth line. They're back. Um, the Stars are back. Um, you know, defense, they, they're losing McDonough. That's a big loss, I think. You know, I know that guy's old, but he can still play. And that's not a guy. That's a guy I'd rather have on my team than not on my team. Um, and uh, really, your only three returning defensemen are Hedman, Cernak, and Sergachev. All the other guys are kind of all over the place. Um, so yeah, that, that's my take on Tampa. Pretty, pretty boring team, frankly, but, um, the stars are still there. Vasilevsky, school and net. And that, that in itself will, uh, will keep them on one of those top three spots. But in this case, I'm going number two. Yeah. I, there are very few teams where they can lose, you know, Platt, McDonough, and then a depth defenseman in Jan Ruda. And they're still picked to be a top two team in their division. Uh, but Tampa, like their core is still intact. And they've shown that they can make it work no matter who they slot in. Even when they lose big pieces, big, big pieces to injury. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I agree. There's not much to talk about. It's a, it's a boring team to talk about. Tampa too. Yeah. Uh, and without further ado, uh, top team and this is not toronto bias all you listeners out there the toronto maple leafs will come first place in the atlantic division this year um i'm not a fan saying it but it's the truth uh i think they had a fantastic offseason i think some of these signings uh nicholas ubai kubel zach aston reese kale Yarncroke. i think these are these are depth you know third fourth line guys that are really going to add some some depth to this team both from a scoring standpoint and they just know how to play a two-way game they're they're quick they forecheck hard they back check hard these are dubious players and i'm i'm a high endorser of these moves 
Uh, I look at their, I look at their, like, I literally look at their, their, their forward lines and I think they're like close to perfect, you know, Matthews and Marner and Bunting as your, as your line one, Tavares, Nylander and whoever's, I don't care who's that winger, you know, those two guys on your second line, I'm taking them. And then I think those, those bottom two lines, you know, Kerfoot, Engvall, Yarncroke, that's a great line. Kampf, Kubel and Reese, great line. Kampf, we saw how last year, that guy just suppresses offense so well that guy's just a de- defensive uh you know savant uh just just it's just amazing um so i i love their forwards you know the back end there's definitely some 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 gripes you can find there you know can giordano put together a full 82 game season you know can that guy stay you know uh, healthy you know given how old he is um you know rasmus sandin can he t- take a step you know after signing that two-year extension um you know still love brody still love riley um justin hall that's a guy who you know they've been talking about maybe trading you know we'll see what happens with him he's probably trade candidate number one right now if you ask many leaf fans um you know muzzin the guy the guy's breaking down at practice like can this guy stay healthy for a full year who knows um so so bit some question marks on the back end and then of course you know biggest question marks in goal i think that the matt murray and samsonov thing has has gotten a lot of you know uh debate uh, which, you know, is, is, is rightfully so, given both those guys have kind of a tumultuous history. But I don't know. I've always been the guy, Kyle and I disagree on this. I, I, I look, I, I tend to give the goalies the benefit of the doubt. I think if the team in front of them is good, the goalies should play well. And that's my logic here with going Toronto number one. I think, you know, defense forward out, they're arguably the best team in this division on paper. Um, and I think the goalies just have to be okay. And and this team can easily rack up 110, 115 points. Um, and that's why I'm going Toronto number one. Uh, Murray and Samsonov, I don't know how this plays out, Michael. I want to know your perspective. But, you know, I, I, I think Murray's talented. I really do. Uh, but, you know, the health, I don't know if this guy can play 55 games or more. I, I, I don't. And this Samsonov, I just don't know enough about him. You know, I, I know I know about his history in, Cap- in Washington, but I never really watched the guy very much. So I can't comment on him. I just I'm I'm trusting these guys to be at least okay, and that'll give them enough enough wins. So that's my take on the Leafs this year. Yeah. So I the biggest knocks on the Leafs, who I also have at number one, have been that their their back end might not be good enough, and their goaltending is a risky play by Dubas. Now this is the same defensive core that last year ended up being part of a team that put up 115 points, right? It It is functional at the very least in the regular season. Whether or not it works in the playoffs, I'm going to leave aside for now. That's for another episode. That's a whole other episode. And we got to get we got to get the uh, the Joe from the bridge, the Italian meatball for that one. Exactly. Um, as far as goaltending goes, I like the decision to bring in Murray, who has sort of been there, done that before, had some injuries. Can he get back to that form. He's a hometown kid playing in Toronto. From the preseason games, what I haven't liked to see is the pucks are hitting him and they're not sticking. They're, you know, there are a couple bobbles. They end up popping out a little bit. Sounds like me. Yeah, he's managed to get him covered. But it's, it's it's that moment of, oh, like, you want to be confident in a goalie where it hits them, it stops, and that's it. The play's dead. Yeah. And for Murray, he hasn't quite shown that level of puck control off of the saves right now. 
he could get that. Like it's preseason, it's early. He only let in two goals in all of the preseason two. So like that's a yeah, it's nitpicking a little bit. Um, but I think both goalies are starting from a high point in preseason. I wouldn't be surprised if Samsonov takes over as the one A. But running these guys out as a tandem all year, when last year you got sub nine hundred goaltending as a team, and still got one hundred and fifteen points, like I I think that's fine. Let them play, and the Toronto Maple Leafs in a division that's going to be very strong continues to just have the forward depth to outscore their problems if they need to. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, and that's those are good observations you've had because I haven't watched too much of the preseason games. I, I I historically don't watch any preseason games, but the goaltending. I mean, that's something you can definitely scout in the preseason. You know, those guys are going hard uh, as as hard as they would in the regular season. And if you're noticing that he's giving up too many rebounds and he's not being Velcro enough, uh, that's going to hurt because uh, a lot of boys can make the first save, including myself. But it's that second save and and how big those rebounds are uh, that are tricky. So uh, that's that's an astute observation, and uh, I'll look out for that when I watch their season opener on Wednesday. I believe he'll start, so so we'll see about that. Well, I think uh, as far as storylines go, and then uh, we probably talked <laughs> enough about the Leafs. I don't know, but like as far as storylines go, Murray on Wednesday against the Habs, and then Samson off Thursday against the yeah. Capitals yeah. sets up Murray against the Sens on Saturday. Great. Which would mean that both goalies would be facing their former teams. Yeah. Now, that's a really good storyline. I don't know if there are stats to support this, but my gut feeling watching goalies go up against their old teams is they're about to get absolutely lit up. Really? We'll see what they decide to go with. I don't know, man. I disagree. I think there's like a fiery edge to those goalies, and I'd like to. I'd like to think they'll be. They'll compete very well. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's the top storyline. I think there's a storyline. It's which, which goalie outperforms the other and which goalie runs with the job, you know? And that's why I couldn't draft one of these guys in fantasy because I just couldn't decide who I'd go for, you know? Historically, I always go with the guy who's got the higher pay, the higher, you know, follow the contract. That's a philosophy a lot of fantasy owners use. But in this case, you know, Samsonov might be a more talented goalie and in a merit-based system, Keith might just give the job to him. So, um, yeah, I struggled with that too, and that's why I stayed away from that goalie situation. Yeah, yeah, I took Murray. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still think that he, whether he's the starter or the backup, he's good for probably, you know, 30 wins this year. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Not bad. I'm high on the team. Yeah. I don't know if his underlying numbers will be good, but I think the team yeah, will, yeah. might carry him to that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay. Uh, Metropolitan Division. Uh, number eight for me, I got the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll be brief with this one. I think on paper, they're the worst team of any team. I, I don't, all the other teams, I can find some kind of merit, some, 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 some silver lining, you know? With this team, I, I simply can't. You know, I, I, I don't really see any additions they made on the offseason that, uh, you know, get me excited. I think the sole addition was like D'Angelo on the back end and then uh, Tortorella, obviously now behind the bench, which to me makes no sense. This is a guy who's used to coaching, you know, uh, competitive teams, teams on the on the brink of making the playoffs team, a coach that's going to squeeze all the juice out of the line, you know, and and he he will do that. But in this case, there won't be a lot of juice in that line because this team just doesn't have much going for it. 
And uh, I just I just think it's a it's a disgusting team. I want to throw up when I look at it. And I just don't find a lot a lot to like about this team uh, at all. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about them. I mean, you, you can probably elaborate further, but that's it for me. Yeah, so I think the only person who will probably benefit from Torts, at least in this first year, is Carter Hart. I think Torts is going to come in and implement a better defensive structure, which might help get Hart some confidence back. But but Chuck Fletcher made moves this offseason that clearly showed he was counting on Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier to come back. And if they had come back, maybe they're not eighth, maybe they're seventh or sixth. But for me, they're eighth as well, because this roster, as it stands without Ryan Ellis and without Sean Couturier, just isn't good enough. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a sad reality, but um, you know that's 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 just that's just the deal with them, and uh, you know uh, it's it's going to be really interesting because this like well, I don't know why this guy wanted to coach this team. You know, was he just sick of working for ESPN and he said, okay, it's a job, I'll take it? Like I don't know, but just I I don't see what coach in the right mind can think he can just turn turn this team around. You know. I, I think Torts always wants to be behind the bench, right? Like, he wants to be the man in the arena. Mm-hmm. And I think this was an opportunity where, as far as personnel goes, he probably looked at it and thought, oh, there are some players here who I can get to play my way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he's come in, he's said that there's personality issues in the room. He doesn't like the room. Uh and he'll he'll work his magic to try to change that, but I, yeah, I think he probably knew it was a project, but just preferred to be behind the bench rather than up in the uh, press box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, moving right along, uh, and this is where you know seven, six, and five here in this division. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough to really predict these because um, I, I think there's stuff to like about each of these teams. But then there's also things that, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't like as much. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think I think in this case, uh, you know, number uh, number seven, I'm going to go with Columbus. Um, you know, I, I think. You obviously acquired Goudreau. It's a huge acquisition. You know, this is a guy who can hit 100 points every year. You know, signing of the offseason. Um, huge move. They won the sweepstakes. We can debate, you know, his decision-making there all we want. You know, taking less money to be in Columbus over Calgary or even New Jersey was hot on him, I heard. Um, but he ultimately chooses Columbus. Um, but again, team in the kind of midst of a rebuild. You know, you're still kind of kind of getting your your guys together you know uh cole sillinger the guy he's still developing you know um who who was the guy who had a good world junior who scored who 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 kent johnson Johnson. you know he you know i don't even think he'll be on the team but he's developing and so i i like the prospects in this system i really do but again still developing very much like buffalo very much like montreal they still need some years to really to really get seasoned and uh, and I, I think that's going to take some patience. So there's going to be some blunders with this team. You know, I don't think their defense is particularly too strong. Um, and uh, and their goaltending, you know, uh, you know, Elvis Merzlinkis, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just I'm not entirely high on this team just yet. 
And I think it'll be another year of development. And um, Goudreau will have a good year. You know, he'll probably put up 90 points. But I just don't, don't, don't really see this team competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. So you're you're right about the five, six, seven in this division. It's it could go any way. Personally, at seven, I have the team that Goudreau shunned, uh, okay. which is the New Jersey Devils. Okay. And I think, like I, I think Jack Hughes is about to have a fantastic year if he can stay healthy. But I look at the rest of their team, and I'm just not entirely sold that it's a team that can, that can really pull themselves higher in this division. And that speaks more to the strength of the division than the weaknesses of the New Jersey Devils. But uh, they're a team that, after they didn't get Goudreau, didn't do a whole lot this offseason. Um, they've still got Dougie Hamilton. A full year of him might be really, really beneficial. I'm a huge Damon Severson fan. Uh, I don't think he is great for fantasy value, but as far as how he plays on the ice, I'm, I'm a fan of him. I think Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes is, is solid. Dawson Mercer takes a step forward, but ultimately in a really strong division, they're, they're just sort of middling. And yeah. uh, they're not great in any aspect of their game. I like the addition of Andre Pallad as a veteran presence but it's going to be another year of development for them. And I don't think that they'll be separated a whole lot points-wise from number six, but mm-hmm. uh, they're they're going to finish seventh, I think. Okay. Well, that segues nicely to where I got them. I got them at six, um, so so just above Columbus. And uh, I don't know. I, I just saw enough off-season acquisitions with this team uh, that, that, that impressed me. You know, I, I really like John Marino coming over from Pittsburgh. I thought I think he was really good for Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, as, as a fan of him, I think he's going to help that defense. Um, I really like, you know, Andre Pilat. That's a heart and soul guy. That's that's a guy who's just a really good depth score. I think he'll do a lot there to help that team. And then you touched on it with Hughes. You know, the guy, by all accounts, he should have a really good breakout year. He sure will hopefully be healthy this year. I'm, I'm leaning. I got him stashed away in fantasy right now. So hopefully he can come through and have like a decent 65 maybe 70 point season you know i i i'd be be really holding out hope for that um and then uh the goaltending i think it will it can't be any worse than last year you know i think all the analytics with this team last year said they should have been way better than the way they ended and i think all the analytics said that no team got worse goaltending than this team you know i think i think grubauer in seattle buried them and then i think blackwood in new jersey buried them those were the two teams that got the worst goaltending last year and I'm hoping for a reversal there with Vitek Vanacek behind the crease in New Jersey. So um, that that's my take on them. I, I see enough improvements on defense, enough improvements up front. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, Alexander Holt should have an, a great year. Um, and uh, I just think there's enough pieces there. You know, Jesper Bra, Cherengovich, those guys could easily put up 25, 30 goals each. Um, I, I think there's enough goal scores there. I, I, I'd be scared of this team. Like if I'm starting, if I'm starting a goalie against New Jersey, I'm a little scared. They might light me up. You know, I'm, I, I don't, I, I'm a little threatened by them. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think they're a sleeper team. I think they're a very sleeper team and that's why I have them six. You know, they might even sniffle in the playoffs. I think that'll be based on the goaltending. If they get really good goaltending, I could see them sniffing away at a wild card spot. But for now, I'm going six uh, for New Jersey. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think most of the Metro teams in this uh, five, six, seven range will be closing that gap that was there last year. Like, last year in the East, most of the playoff spots were decided by by January, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, at six, I've got the Islanders, and I know a lot of people are saying last year was an outlier. They're going to get back, you know, back in form now. They're able to play at home right off the bat, but I, I don't know, I. I think they lost Devin Taves, who's shown in Colorado just how impactful he can be and how impactful he was for the Islanders. Um, Pelik and Pulak are a really, really good pairing. But then I look at their second pairing right now is Dobson and Romanov, at least on the line projections I'm looking at. And Dobson, uh, I'm a huge fan of, but I think Romanov is overrated and, and has some gaps defensively to his game. Uh, and it's not to say that he can't fix them, but I think that he's he's going to be a little bit of a liability for them on the back end. Um, so after that, their their D for me falls off. Uh, they still have Ilya Sorokin, who showed last year that he's one of the best goaltenders in the league, and they've got a top nine that is going to be physical and bruising and is going to score goals the dirty way, but. Barry Trotz is gone. They brought in a new head coach who might be Barry Trotz light. I don't know a yeah. whole lot about yeah. Leighton Lambert. Yeah. Um, and I just think in a metropolitan division that's going to be very competitive, that uh, they're just, you know, they're going to be in a fight for a playoff spot, but they're going to fall short and, and end up in sixth. Um, yeah. Um, that segues to me. I got him at five. Um, I don't disagree with your points. You know, Lane Lambert, he is kind of Trotz light. He stepped in when Trotz uh, was away with the team for a bit last year, and, and supposedly he he did he he did very well, and that's why he was chosen to coach this team once they fired Trotz. Which, again, we can debate because that seemed like a really weird firing in my mind. I mean, who's who are you going to hire that's better than him? You know, maybe it was just time for change. Maybe that was it. But uh, but I mean, who's going to really get more of this team than that guy? Um, but again, I, I really like, yeah, to your point, the top nine will play hard. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're not sexy, sexy names, but you know what they're going to do for you. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, they still got Zizekas and Martin on that, on that back end, on that fourth line. Um, I just, I just, I, I, I respect the identity of this team too much. I think a lot went wrong for them last year with the schedule. And I think Ilya Sorokin purely, pure skill wise, pure skill wise is a technical wise is a top three goalie in the nhl I, I i really sincerely believe that you put this team on the calgary flames and he wins the vezina trophy in his sleep you know that, that that's just my personal take and uh and i think he will he, he's better than any of those teams goaltending wise new jersey columbus those teams pale in comparison to what they will get out of the goaltending position than the islanders and, uh, you know, I just have too much faith in those veterans on, 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 the, on the top end with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's why I got them uh, at five, you know. Um, I think you're right about the defense. It is, it, it is a little weak. Um, but, again, if Lane Lambert can do the same things Trotz did to suppress offense, um, I, I'd like to back this team to potentially be another playoff sleeper. So as much as I had New Jersey sniffing, I got this team sniffing even more. And uh, that's why I got them at number five. But who do you have? So at number five, I'm bringing your number seven pick back. Yeah. Complete Uh, reversal. We we were complete reverse here. 
I so I I'm not a fan of their center depth, but I think their center depth can keep up. Not with the top four teams in this league, but or in this division, but with the with the other teams. And I think their wing depth is just elite through the top nine, right? Like you've got Goudreau, Line, Forchek, Nyquist, Chinikov. Um, like you, you just have players who can who can play who can score, who are going to make it very exciting to watch Columbus Blue Jackets games, which for a while, they, they weren't a very exciting team to watch, right? When when uh, mm-hmm. Torts was coaching them, they were a defensive shutdown team. And look, Torts got Seth Jones paid a whole shit ton of money, but uh, they've, they've sort of moved away from that identity in recent years. And part of that means that they will need some guys on the back end to really step up. But I think Eric Goodbranson in a bottom pairing role with Jake Bean, I like the look of that. I like the look of Adam Boquist and, and Zach Wierenski on their decor. I like the tandem, if they can be healthy, of Merzlikens and Corpusalo. And I just think, like, Goudreau brings a energy to the start of the season where if they get off to a hot start, that they'll be fighting for a playoff spot the entire way through. Now, if they get off to a cold start and all of that excitement goes out the window, like we've seen the type of attitude that Patrick Line can bring to a locker room. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. seen the type of impact that can have on a team, especially a team where like they know they'll have to fight, be in the fight all season long. And they could they could fall. But I think I think there's a lot of excitement. I think they've got some really, really talented wingers. And I think their goaltending tandem, which was remarkable a couple seasons ago, is still intact and could, you know, could be good enough this year to be fifth, but not not a playoff team. Yeah, no, uh, no, I hey, I don't disagree with any of those and I could see them fighting any of those seven, six, five teams. I could see fighting because I believe the fourth team is very human. And, and that for me is Washington. I, I think this team is very displaceable. I see a lot of flaws. You know, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Dylan Strom is your 2C. I forgot this guy's... This Dylan Strom's on Washington? What? When yeah, this trade he was a big sign in this, this offseason. Yeah, so that, that to me is a surprise. It looks like they got McMichael slated for the second line to start the season. So that's a young kid they're starting off there. Strom and McMichael. On your second line, I mean, I I don't know about this. And uh, top power play, Dylan Strom is the is the is the is is the center of your first power play with Ovechkin. I don't know about this, Michael. I mean, this 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 has me this has me concerned. Um, and Tom Wilson, don't forget, he's missing at least the first two months of the year. That's a heart and soul guy with Washington. You know, um, this team looks very human to me. And 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 Darcy Kemper. Yeah, he just won the Stanley Cup, but anyone on that Colorado team will tell you he's not the reason they won. You know, I could have been a net and I would have been hoisting the cup for this Colorado team. He didn't really have to do much in those playoffs at all. Um, So this team to me looks very shaky. They look very human. Ovechkin, can he keep his pace up? Uh I could see this team slipping for any one of those five, six, seven teams. I think they're very human. Of all those eight teams in the East who could drop, this is the one for me. And uh, I have a lot of concerns about the Washington Capitals. What, what do you say? 
I, I completely agree. And I think the biggest acquisitions that this team can make are those that are already on their team but are stuck on injured reserve, right? They're starting the season without Tom Wilson, without Nicholas Backstrom, and without Carl Hagland. And those are three key pieces for their top nine. Like you slot, it's funny because I don't think I, I now Tom Wilson might play with Backstrom when they're both healthy, but I think they all play on separate lines. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you've got to move plenty of pieces around in terms of your death chart. And they're a really good team when they're healthy, but yeah. I think that uh, they're, you know, they're fighting time this year and it's, it's really possible that time wins. And if it does, then they could, they could fall. Um, if, if they're healthy, they, even if they're healthy, I don't see them necessarily beating the top three out of their spots either. So it's going to it's going to be a dogfight for the Capitals this year and they better hope that they get the Darcy Kemper from Arizona and not the Darcy Kemper that showed up uh, in oh, Colorado. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean if he gets hurt it's looking scary there all of a sudden, you know, cuz his health's been an issue too. Charlie Lindgren's your backup. And uh yeah, he gets hurt, they start losing games, Laviolette gets fired. I could see things getting really nasty there in a hurry. I would add Lavoillette to the top five list of fired coaches. So, um, yeah, jury's very much out. I do like Connor Brown. I love Connor Brown. I think he's a great addition. Got to give him that. Maybe some, maybe some, you know, some, some fantasy value there because he's a guy who can hit as well. Um, and he, right now he's slated to be on the top line with Ovi and Kuznetsov. Um, so let's see about that. But lots of question marks. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny because what I said about the Flyers – sort of applies to the offseason that the Capitals mm. have as well, right? They they pushed a lot of the chips in under the expectation or hope that they would have players healthy. Now, it's it's a little bit better for them. It does look like they will get Wilson, Backstrom, and Hagelin back this year. Um, but I think they, they made moves to pick up Strom and Connor Brown, who were meant to supplement the core, and now they're being asked to take starting roles and and i'm not sure how that'll turn out but you're right as far as fantasy goes connor brown could end up being a really nice start of the season uh streamer or potentially you know pick him up for the first couple months trade him away and make a profit absolutely um speaking of fantasy i'm gonna let you take the lead here well actually i don't know who you have number three but i have new york rangers pegged at number three who do you got so I think I probably have the most shocking pick at number three with Carolina. Carolina, eh? Okay, I'll, yeah. so why don't you take the lead here then? Why Carolina at three? So I think they made great acquisitions with Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty. It sucks that Pacioretty won't be able to join the team right away. Uh, hopefully, you know, he has a quick recovery. He's with the team and they're able to deploy him as soon as possible. I think that this team is putting a lot of faith in Jesperi Kakanyemi and Martin Nikash on the second line right now. I think they're really counting on these young guys to play positions that were taken before by Vinny Trocek and Nino Niederreiter. Players who have joined teams where I think they're about to have fantastic seasons and really have a positive impact on the teams they've joined. And I think, you know, they've lost their number one power play quarterback in Tony D'Angelo replacing with Brent Burns, who should be really good, but he's definitely getting older. It's possible he loses a step. So I'm, I'm just, 
there, there are some question marks around this team. I really like Brenda Moore as a coach. I like the goaltending tandem of Anderson and Ranta, but Anderson is coming back from an injury that kept him out of the playoffs. Ranta got injured at the end of the playoffs. So it's possible that they're a little shaky to start the season and throughout the season. And I'm just not sure that they will be able to get it done to finish higher than third in this division. Now, I hope they prove me wrong because I think that Carolina is probably most people's candidate to do what the Avs did last year and just steamroll their way through the playoffs. Uh, But I'm not as high on them. I think that having watched Kakanyemi play with the Habs, I just, I don't think he's a second line center. And if he takes that next step and proves me wrong, that's great. That's fantastic. But I think they're putting a lot on his shoulders and I'm not sure I'll live up to it. The crazy thing with Kakanyemi is he assigned to an eight-year contract. It's crazy how much faith they've put in this kid. I think he's making just over $4 million for the next eight years, which if he performs is great value for the next eight years. But the question is, can he perform? Uh, because otherwise, that, that becomes a lot of wasted money for lots of time, lots of term. Just crazy. Yeah, the, and the contract, if he's your third-line center, looks looks sort of perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But... As of right now, he's been penciled in to be playing a key role. And, you know, he was mentored by Philip Deneau a little bit in in Montreal. He got to play with the team that went to the cup final. Um, I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder after playing in Montreal, where it was constantly being thrown in his face that, you know, he was the number three pick. Uh, But it's still, it's a lot to put on a player who has been unproven in the center role and unproven as a top six center to to step into a role that was carried by Benny Trotrak really successfully, I might add, for the past few years. Yeah. No, and, and hey, because we're talking about them, I'll just flip the format here and just say I, I got them number one. And, yeah. and I just do because I respect the Brenda Moore and the defensive structure and the way they play oh so much. And, and that's why I have them at one. But... I agree. I mean, Kalkanyemi, you know, you lose Trocek. I mean, that's a huge hole to fill. And I don't think, I think he pales in comparison to the, to the player that Trocek is, at least at this point of his career. Um, so that scares me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, on, on the back end, how does Brett Burns fit? I, I, I'm very high on that pick. I, I draft him high in fantasy. I think he'll have a great year. Uh, I still think he has one good year left in him, you know, at 38. You know, I, I, I really do. Um, but, yeah, the defense, you know, the goalies, they they can get injured a lot. You know, those guys, you know, both are definitely liable to get injured, both Ronta and Anderson. So I think all your points are very valid. I just think I like this team more than those other two. Um, and they've just been the epitome of consistent defensive play, this team, you know. And I, I have so much respect for that. And, uh, and, and that's why I have them number one. But we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely could see them going three, but I'll just go with them at one. But you, you've got the Rangers at three, eh? I have the Rangers at three because I think they played a little, you know, I, I, I think they went a little above their depths last year. You know, I, I think anyone will tell you Pittsburgh should have won that series in the first round. They really should have. But, you know, they got lucky. New, New York Rangers got lucky. They ran into Louis Domingue and they got really lucky. Because if that's uh, if that's Tristan Jari in that that whole series, 
they're not taking that to seven games. And they're certainly not winning that game. Um, and I, I think Pittsburgh just got really unlucky last year. They got stymied by this team. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as high on this team. I, I don't think they make the East final again. I think that that would be a ridiculous prediction if you predict New York Rangers to, to, to make it to the East final. You know, I love, you know, Trocek. I, that's why I was going to ask you, because you, you kept this guy in fantasy. You're clearly really high on this guy. And I am too. I've always liked the player and I think he fills, I think this guy's way better than Ryan Strom. You know, I, I love, I love how he just fits there as a two C. I think it was a great, great, great signing. I think he got seven years or something like that. So we'll see how the term goes and how he ages, but for at least now, that's all we're talking about today is this season trajectory. Uh, I think that'll be very good. Um, you know, the kid line, Lafreniere, Cheadle, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think those guys, uh, should, should, should be great. Again, another developmental year for Lafreniere. We saw in the playoffs, the guy really came through. He started to look more like an NHL player. And then Kyle would agree with that for sure. Hopefully he has more upside fantasy wise this year. Um, but it sounds like, you know, he'll, he will be on the outside looking in for that PP one, you know, the PP one looks pretty established with Trocek, Kreider, Panarin, Fox, and Sabanajad. Um, in, in fantasy, if you got any of those guys, that that should get you a lot of power play points. Um, but yeah, I just—it's not that I dislike this team, Michael. It's just I don't ha- hold them to the same high regard as I do Pittsburgh and Carolina. I still think there's some growing there to be had with some of the kids, um, and uh, and 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 that's just how I feel. And I I just feel like of teams that outperformed expectation last year, New York would be at the top of that list. And so analytically, I'd I'd expect them to take a dip. Um, even though I, I look at the team and, and, and they look solid, man. Like, like Ryan Lindgren looked like a boss in the playoffs last year. That guy's a man possessed that I would not want to go up against that guy. That guy scares me. And, 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 and Fox, you know, Norris trophy winner, you know, Truba, he's now, you know, firmly, you know, comfortable there as the captain now. Um, and then the Keandre Miller, an eye opening guy who opened so many eyes last year. This, this, this kid can play. Uh, yeah. And a full full year of Braden Schneider, you know, uh, uh, Kyle's man crush. I think uh, I think that guy can have a good year too. So um, yeah, and of course, arguably the best goalie in the league. So they're a solid team. I just think Pittsburgh and Carolina are better. Yeah, well, so uh, I I've got the Rangers one, and because wow. I look at them and I I. I agree with you analytically. They were really carried by a strong year by Shesterkin last year. And if he can do it again, which I think he will, they'll be carried by him again. Uh, my big things to add are just I, I love Gerard Gallant. I think he continues to get the best out of players wherever he goes. And I think, you know, this is going to be a full year with a team that looks as deep as it is on paper. Trocek at second line is going to, like, continue to bring physicality that Ryan Strom didn't and that Cop did. And when they found Cop, like it really bolstered their lineup. So I, I like Trocek as an addition. And yeah, like I as far as fantasy goes, Trocek might not get as much love, but like he hits, he shoots, and he's going to be playing on the same line as Panarin. So I, I think uh in a fantasy league there's a lot to like about potential upside. Yeah, no, I uh I, I didn't get a chance to see your other guys who you could have kept, but when I saw when I saw Trocek, I was like, that's a sleeper good pick, especially because he's on that first power play. 
and uh and and i'm pretty sure you picked him up pretty like later in the draft so i think what when did you draft him so i think he was a 13th rounder uh, right the keeper which so in, a t- in a 10-man league that's 130th i'd say yeah. that's very good value for, for a vinnie trocek yeah well and i think um he probably would have gone he wouldn't have gone much higher but probably closer to the 90 to 100 range if mm-hmm. he was available so sure. i figured you know i can pick him up yeah. there no not not a, not a bad not a bad uh take there mm-hmm. um and lastly we'll finish up with the metro with pittsburgh uh same kind of spiel with tampa here don't want to talk too much about them. Kind of boring pick, but the epitome of consistency, you know, seemingly making the playoffs every year. Mike Sullivan showing his uh, his coaching chops as one of the best coaches in the league year in, year out. Um, the band is back. You know, I think that's the big offseason storyline. You brought in Latang, You brought back in Malkin. Kyle is rejoicing as we talk about this. Um, the band is back, and uh, I think that in itself is enough for them to make a, to be a top three team. I'd be shocked if they're in the wild card. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have them number two. Like I said, I think they should have won that series against the Rangers. I think they'll be hungry. They'll be fueled. They had a longer offseason. And, and, and guys like Crosby look healthy. You know, he should be able to put up 90 points in his sleep, I would like to hope. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeff Petrie, how does he fit in defensively? I still think that guy's got some game left. I know, I know things kind of, you know, took a bit of a dark turn there in Montreal, but I know that when Marty St. Louis came in, he started to play a little better. He kind of found his game again and, uh, and maybe he can take that momentum to, uh, to Pittsburgh. But I just, this team showed me a lot in the playoffs. You know, I've never been a big Pittsburgh fan like Kyle, but in the playoffs, they really showed me a lot. I really think they were just undone by their goaltending and Louis Domingue. I think that was that was it for me. And I think defense, forward, they're a very complete team. You know, I love Jeff Carter. I think he's a great fit there as a third line center. Um, and uh, I just I, I I think I think they're full value. So Pittsburgh for me, I have number two. And you you got them at number two too. I have them at number two as well. And I, I won't I won't add too much. The only thing I'll say is I think the best storyline from the offseason is hearing about how Crosby after negotiations fell through between Malkin and the Pens like mended that single-handedly to mm-hmm. get Malkin back and to to run it back with the same core um and yeah no I would love to see them go on another deep run and I think they have all the tools to do it which is why I have them at two yeah I, I think they can really be a top four team this year I, th- I could see them being in the east final instead of uh, instead of uh, Rangers but We'll see about that. Um, okay, uh, halfway through here, we move on to the West. Um, we'll start with the Central as we go geographically here, coast to coast. Um, I think undoubtedly the worst team in the NHL this year. Lots of drama surfacing them, you know, with the arena drama, how they'll be playing in a in a college arena this year, a 5,000 fan college arena. Um but I, I really find I, I'd be hard pressed to find a team that's that's worse on paper. They are the epitome of tanking. This team is going all in, um, and and that's the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, just a piss poor team from top to bottom. This is this is the team you spot start against. Anytime you get it, you get a chance of 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 playing this team, you take it. Um, they're just a they're just a joke. It's it's it, it is a joke. Travis Boyd, your one C. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Barrett Hayden, Nick Bustad, McBain, that's your one to four down the middle. I just, I, I, this team is, this team, 
this team, if there's a sign of a team that is sucking hard for Bedard, this is the team. Um, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't, I can't, I can't look at, I can't even look at the depth chart, Michael. Uh, this, this oh, is, this all. is really bad. I, they are what a team in NHL 23 would look like if you were trying your best to lose as many games as possible. Right. It's, it's as successful of a tanking roster as I think I've ever seen. And they, uh, so I've been reading the athletics projections for points and they're projected to set a record low, I believe in wow. points by uh, Don Lachizan's model. Wow. Um, it's, it's, they're bad. And the only, the only thing I will be paying attention to this year with them, I think, is where does Shikran end up? Because I think, I think that he gets traded by the deadline, possibly earlier. And I don't know, I don't actually know where he'll end up. Um, I've heard, I've heard Ottawa might be in on him, but I don't know if Ottawa needs another dynamic left shot defenseman. Uh, so, so we'll see where he ends up. But like, they're they're going to be bad. They're going to be that team where if your team loses to them, you're ready to you know start throwing mm-hmm. things around your house because yeah. the, the fact that look, they're still NHL players. They have a lot of pride. They'll play like it, but they're a bad team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very sad state of affairs. Very curious how that arena thing plays out. You know, what does a 5,000-person arena look like? Do they get fans showing up every night? Are the tickets too expensive for the ASU students to afford? Um, it's going to be very interesting. Well, apparently uh, they're charging a premium as well if yeah. you're from outside of Arizona, which I think yeah. was a huge way that they were filling seats in the first place was people come from out of state to watch their team play. You have to pay more if you're from Arizona to go to a game? No, pay more if you're from outside Arizona. What? How do they enforce that? I don't know. But that's the, I've, I read that somewhere, that they're, they're trying to put a premium on, so like if you mm-hmm. if you're do a not live in Arizona. Coming from Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah if you want to see a Habs-Coyotes game, now I don't know yeah. why you would ever want to watch that, <laughs> but if you do, yeah. Yeah. you might have to pay more if you're from Quebec. Wow. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, okay. Number seven for me, another team I, I would call a tanker, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm not sure there'll be much disagreement here. Um, you know, that 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 GM there, Davidson, I think he's another guy who you can see there's been a concerted effort to tank from his part, you know, moving out the likes of Kirby Doc, Debrinkat, Hagel last year. Um, this this team just keeps on, you know, looking like they're they're ready to tank. And they're not doing it in a very graceful way. And, you know, guys like Jonathan Taves are getting angry. You, you see his comments in the media. He's not really happy with what they're doing here. Um, but, man, another team. I just look at their top nine and or their top 12 here. And I'm just like, what a joke. I mean, they signed Max Domi. He's their 2C. Sam Lafferty, Reese Johnson. Uh, boy, boy, oh, boy. I just, I don't know. I, I They don't look as bad as Arizona. That's why I got them seven. But. You look at them, me and Marazic, who had a nightmare year in Toronto. All Leaf fans will acknowledge that. He's their starter on night one. Uh, this team is opening the night in Colorado this coming Wednesday, and they are going to get thumped. Um, this is not looking good. Uh, oh, boy, I don't, I don't know where else to go with this, Michael. I, uh, there's not much else to say. 
No, and and once again, it's it's a difficult year when the biggest storyline is where will a player get traded to, and I think that's what people will be watching with Patrick Kane. Uh, and he's the reason why I have them finishing seventh and not eighth, because honestly, with goaltending like Mrazek's, if they didn't have Patrick Kane, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if they underperformed and finished below Arizona. But uh, with Patrick Kane, he'll keep them out of last place until he's traded, possibly to the New York Rangers, possibly to the Edmonton Oilers. But wherever he ends up, he'll hopefully have another shot at a uh, deep playoff run because all Chicago is going to be playing for this year is Bedard. Yeah. Suck hard for Bedard. Suck hard for Bedard. Yeah. That's a great, great. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't sound very great, but uh, I'll I'll keep saying it. Um, okay, number six. Again, kind of like the Metro, maybe this is an area where things can flip-flop a little here, 654, uh, maybe even further than that, but I'm going to go with Winnipeg. I think the wheels fall off in Winnipeg this year. This is a team that a lot of people have been clamoring for lately, rebuild, 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 set the rebuild. Um, but this is some ill-fated attempt at trying to make something with nothing. You know, that that's how I see it. They brought in the coach from Dallas. Um, you know, he, he seems to be more of a defensive structured guy, brick bonus, old school guy. Um, but you know, I think they're just hoping he can snap his fingers and fix this here. Um, but I, I'm just not a believer, you know, I think personnel wise, they're significantly worse than the teams above them. You know, I think all the five teams above them have more to offer. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like their depth offensively after their top six, you know, the top six is great. It really is. But unfortunately, much like Ottawa, after that top six, it just dies really quick. They're a very similar team to Ottawa. I think if you break apart your team to Ottawa, very similar. Great top six, but, you know, the bottom, you know, Morgan Barron, Mason Appleton, Adam Lowry, Tony Donato, Gustafson, Gagne, that's their bottom six, you know. So, you know, and then defensively, as much as they want bonus to, to fix things, they haven't given given him anything to, to use. It, it's the same core there on the back end. DeMello, Pionk, Dylan, Morrissey. They haven't done dick. And uh, I just, I, I can't help but get a little uh, just 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 infuriated with, with the lack of uh, personnel changes there on the back end. So, um, yeah, not a fan. And I, I don't think Hellebuck can just play off, you know, play on his head and just, you know, keep this team from, from, from finishing outside the playoffs. So, Unfortunately, that's how I stand with Winnipeg. Uh, the, the 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 theme is a coaching change cannot just fix things for you, and 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 I don't think Rick Bonus is one of those guys. If it was Pete DeBoer, sure, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But if it's Rick Bonus, not so much. Yeah, well, and uh, my my big point on Winnipeg is exactly that. I I like Rick Bonus, but I don't think he is going to be the guy to lift them over the top. Look, if they put together a good year, Cole Perfetti shows that he can play at the NHL level and, you know, they get Neil Pionk continuing to put up power play points like a better player than he seems to be, um, then, like, that's that's possibly a way that they could play themselves into fifth. But as it stands, I don't see them finishing higher than fifth. I think that it's hard for them to finish lower than sixth, and it's going to be a really tough season for Jets fans because I, I think they need to make real changes. There are problems in the locker room, and I don't think those problems can be fixed by a coach coming in and changing things. I think some people just need fresh starts elsewhere. Like, I don't think it's on the players. I think that it's 
a level of frustration that's built up over years of just being close but not good enough. And I think that they, you know, they need to give some players fresh starts. Some players just were asked to be more than they are. Like, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a really solid player, but to to be asked to come in and fill the shoes of Laine, who is an explosive scorer, like he's just not that guy. Uh, he And so I, I think the expectations were high. They didn't live up to them, and there's some internal and inherent frustration in that room. And I don't think any of the players are bad people. I don't think that they're a bad team, but I think that they need to give some people a fresh start and that the organization needs a bit of one too. So I think this year they finished sixth, and we probably see some big personnel changes, but that bonus starts to implement a little bit of a better structure and a little bit of a better team dynamic. Uh, but it, it's going to be a growth year in a weird retooling way and not a competing year. Why did Blake Wheeler lose the captaincy? Uh, so I, I think because, because of that frustration, I think there was this level of like, I've been doing the best I can and it just hasn't been enough. And it became all of a sudden like this, this feeling like it was being put on other people, the failures, and it wasn't being put on his shoulders. And I don't think that was the case at all. Like, I think he, he would own the fact that like, as a leader, you know, the Jets not succeeding was as much on him as it was on the team. Um, but I, I think that there there's just some frustration from all the years of not quite getting there and that it uh, it led to a certain way of handling his business that they came in and they said, like, look, this isn't this isn't working for our young players. We need we need a different voice. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. tough to take that away and then not trade the guy, right? Like, it's yeah. it's a huge slap in the kind face. Kind of awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. Especially for a yeah. player who, as a captain, was lauded for his leadership for so long. And I mm-hmm. think he can be a really good leader. I think it's just Winnipeg Winnipeg had a string of being, of being that team that just couldn't quite do it for mm-hmm. too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Uh, very weird situation there. And, uh, again... I, I'm cheering for a rebuild, and hopefully this is kind of the the last kick at the can here because it, it should have been last year in my mind, but looks like uh, you know guys like Shuffle Day off they just couldn't cope with 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 getting there quite yet, so they want to run it back one more year. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, number five for me, um, and at this point I'll clarify: I don't see this team making the playoffs. I see them five and not being a wild card team, and that's the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think this team has taken a hit defensively. This is not the same Blues I cheered for two, three, four years ago. Um, I think they've lost a lot of guys up there. I think Nick Letty can't be counted on as as, as, a, as a top two defenseman. I think last year we saw this team struggle defensively. Um, I just, you know, Krug, Letty, Falk, Pareko, I just, I'm not, I'm not as high on that top four as I used to be with this team. And I think the scoring's there. I really do. I think, you know, they got a lot of depth up there and I think, I think they're, they're pretty good. Their, their depth up in their top nine is uh, their top 12 is good, but the defense scares me. And then the lack of insulation for Bennington scares me too. You know, I mean, this is a guy who has kind of lost his, 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 his startup, you know, ever since his run. There's no doubt about it. I had him in a fantasy last year. I ended up dropping. 
And I don't think he'll get the support from the defenseman. I think it starts from the defense. They won't give him the support he needs that he got in his cup run. And then he won't have the same backup presence that Philly Huso gave him last year to kind of insulate him. You know, it's Thomas Grice. who He's kind of just been a journeyman goalie his whole career. So I just, I'm not as high on this team. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be steps. Kairou will take more steps. And, uh, and you know, Robert Thomas will take more steps and they'll have great statistical years. And and maybe Ryan O'Reilly in a contract year can can get another good offensive season because last year he took a hit. I, you know, I, that's another guy I had to drop. And I hated doing that because he's one of my favorite players in the league. But I had to. And, um, yeah, I just think... Uh, there's some pieces missing here, some important pieces, and I just think the teams above them are, are are objectively better in my mind. So that's where I have the Blues this year. It pains me to say it, but number five. Yeah, so um, I I think in the Central, my five and four picks could both miss the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, for my five pick, I'm picking the team that had a really deboring offseason. Um, I think it's hard to have an exciting one uh, when you're focused on re-signing some RFAs. And they did it, and I think the Ottinger contract is great. Um, And the Jason Robertson contract is good as well. But the Dallas Stars, as a whole, when I look at them on paper, they, they just don't look like a playoff team in today's NHL to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if Pete DeBoer can come in and get bounce-back seasons from Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, who are on the tail end of their careers, in my opinion, then more power to them. But I I think you're asking a lot from those players to have bounce-back years. Um, Pavelski somehow manages to evade Father Time. And I don't know if he does it, and I really wish he would share, because I think we could all use a little bit of that magic. No kidding. Uh, But... Like, I don't know. I I just think that as a team, they don't excite me. Like, I look at their team. I really like Heiskanen. I really like Robertson. But after that, oh, and Ottinger as well. But after that, I just look at their team and I think they're okay. And it's not enough nowadays to just be okay. Yeah, I listen. I look at the team and I don't see the eye candy. You know, like I, I look at the forwards and I'm like, what am I getting excited about here? You know, yeah. this is purely Nick Bias. This is clearly Pete DeBoer working his magic like he's done in so many other markets. And uh, I have them actually finishing a third. I have not even been a wild card. I wow. think they cement themselves a third in this division. And I think he'll push the right buttons. He'll get more of those veterans. Nick Robertson will have another good year. Pavelski, don't forget, used to play for San Jose. There's the DeBorian connection there. Um, I think he'll have another great year, uh, potentially one last great year, you know, because, again, he is getting older. And then the biggest factor here, I think Miro Heiskanen makes a huge run for the Norris Trophy. I think people who don't know him to this point will know him. I think Klingberg being gone will just totally open up all this offensive opportunity for him. I wish I got him in fantasy. I just missed him. And I think this guy will make a run for the Norris. I think he finishes top three in Norris uh, voting, especially if they make the playoffs. He will be the biggest reason why next to Boer. And uh, I just, I just, I, 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 I love this player. I watch him play. He never makes a bad decision. He's just such a smooth skater, such a good passer 
hopefully we see more of the offensive upside of him this year, um, just with how he'll be deployed. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to be a boring team, Michael. You know, it's going to be hard to watch some of these games. I, there's not a lot to get excited about here. But, you know, I, I think uh, I think the law degree will prove useful for Pete DeBoer here. And uh, he will will this team to a uh, to a third place in the central. Ottinger hopefully can play just as he did in the Calgary series. I think he played over his head. No goalie can keep that pace up. But at the very least, it showed us, you know, this kid's the real deal. If you didn't know his name, now you better know his name because this kid uh, is definitely one of the young star goalies growing in the game. Um, and uh, that's well, why I have the third in the central. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because I think they get a Norris-level performance from Heiskanen, which he could be capable of, and a maybe not Vezina finalist, but you know some consideration for the Vezina from Ottinger that um, they they could do that. But as you said, there's no, they're not a team that you look at on paper and you go, oh my god, look at this Dallas Stars team. And uh, it is too bad that Mero Heiskanen is is you know playing in dallas for at least the big market coverage but you're right he's a fantastic player smooth skater always making the right decision and um yeah if i wouldn't be surprised if they can put it together this year but for me i just i have them at five mm-hmm. yep no that's that's fair um, I'll jump I... in, uh, for, for my number four i've got the st louis blues okay. uh, and so the, the reason i'm jumping in is because i i don't have a lot to add to what you were saying and so i'll just figured I'd get it out of the way. Number four, St. Louis Blues. I just don't think Bennington is the goalie who can carry this team and their D core. You know, losing Alex Petrangelo after they did that, they've tried to bring in other people to give it a different look. And I just think they've lost a lot of that hard, gritty, physical St. Louis mm-hmm. style of yeah. defense that they were known for. Uh, and so, yeah, I've got them in four because I think. I think they just don't have they don't have the defensive capabilities that they once had, and that's now what is, they were built. Around. I totally agree. Now is four enough to make the playoffs, or do you got you have five in the Pacific? I think I have five in the Pacific as of right now. Wow. Okay. Bold, bold, bold. But uh, I, I I get it. Um, okay. So St. Louis missing just like me. Um, I'll go to number three now. Perhaps there'll be some more similarity here between. Them. Um, I have the Nashville Predators. Um, again, another team who I, you know, look at the forwards and I'm a little bored looking at them. You know, I kind of like Dallas. I'm a, I'm a little less, uh, you know, sure about them. But, you know, I, I do have them. I, I have them behind Dallas. So, yeah, I actually have this team three and Dallas. Uh, sorry, this team four and, and Dallas three. But for very much the same reasons, you know, kind of boring offensive uh, core. I don't think um, Duchesne has the year he did last year. That guy just played out of his head for me. And, and I, I was the beneficiary of it. I mean, the guy put up 40 goals for me in fantasy, like great. But I think he played way over his head. Um, and I, I just don't see, I don't see that upside. But I think the world of UC Saros, I think he's a great goalie, great technical goalie. And uh, yeah, I really like their defenseman as well. Uh, I like, you know, they get Ryan McDonough now. So that's going to help them. You know, Yossi is, is a Norse defenseman. We all know that now. Ekholm can play. McDonough can play. Um, I, I, I still think there's, you know, they're, they're a talented enough team. They're well-rounded, you know, I don't think they do anything amazingly well, but it's hard to find like consistent flaws top to bottom with this whole team, you know, 
you know, especially up forward, like guys like Ellie Tolvanen, you know, I'm hoping to see more of the guys like him. That guy should be able to produce. Um, and, uh, and yeah, again, kind of boring team, but very balanced, you know, as balanced as a team can get in the NHL, top to bottom. I hope we see more of that uh, Tomasino kid. You know, I was really high on him in junior. I want him to, to have a good year. Cody Glass made the team. I don't know if you saw that clip where they were talking to him, telling him he made the team. He was really yeah, emotional that hearing that. So I'm, I'm really rooting for that kid because when he got drafted in Vegas, I, I was kind of a fan of that player. Um, so, yeah, I want to see Glass play. I want to see Tomasino play. I want to see Tolvanen grow. Um, and, and I'm hoping they get enough from Duchesne and Johansson. You know, they're not going to be stars, but I hope they get enough. And it's good to have the Forsberg drama behind them. He's now signed. No bullshit there. Um, and, and we'll see how that develops. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with this team being fourth on my list. And uh, for me, uh, you know, I think they will just squeeze into the playoffs, barely. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've got a little bit more faith in them than you do in, in terms of Johansson and uh, Duchesne having maybe not repeats, but uh, being able to continue to put up good offensive production which is why I have them at three. Um, I think UC Saros is just, he's a phenomenal goaltender and the decor in front of them only got better with Ryan McDonough. Um, and so for me, you know, they, they're not, a te- they're not another, they're another team that doesn't wow you on paper, but they've still got some people who can quietly surprise you I really like the Nino Niederreiter and the Ryan McDonough acquisitions. I think that they make a team that was already, you know, pretty deep, even deeper. And so I've I've got them in the playoff picture at three. Okay. Um, Yeah. Not so. Okay. So not too much. Yeah. We don't, we don't differ too much there. Um, Okay. Number two. Do you want to take the lead with this one? Because I think I know where you're going with this one. Or do you have them going one? I so I I would love to put them one Nick, but I can't. <laughs> okay, uh, so why don't you take the baton here for your favorite team, the one you'll be watching on Game Center the most? Tell the fans why this very team that you're about to summarize is must watch hockey this year. Why this is the team everyone's got to watch. Give your sales pitch. You got one chance, one opportunity. Let's go here. So I think this team surprised everybody when Bill Guerin decided to buy out Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. And by doing that, he put a team, the team in an unenviable position because the Minnesota Wild now had to cover the cap for the buyouts that, that Bill Guerin chose to, chose to do. Now, the really fun and exciting part about that is you have to find value players. And a lot of those value players come from your young guys. And I think Minnesota has some of the most exciting young talent to watch this season, whether it's Kalen Addison, Matt Boldy, or the person who I think could surprise and work his way up the lineup, Marco Rossi. Now, anybody who's listened to me on this show before knows how high I am on Mm -hmm. Marco Rossi, the absolute workhorse from Austria. And I think he had a really successful season in the AHL last year with the Iowa Wild. He's looked really good in training camp. He does all of the little things. He plays the right way. And in a team where my biggest knock on them and the reason why I can't put them number one is I think that their center depth is lacking. 
I could see him working his way up the lineup, playing a little bit with Boldy on that second line. And uh, this team being one where the decor is still intact. You've still got Spurgeon, Brodeen, and Dumba. You've got a full season of Marc-Andre Fleury, who is just like, how can you dislike the guy? Um, and if if Marco Rossi and Boldy show that they can do the same thing in the AHL, in the NHL, then all of a sudden the boring defensive Minnesota Wild become this team of young guns led by Kirill Kaprizov, who I haven't even mentioned to this point. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're going to be exciting. They're going to be dynamic. And they're not going to have to sacrifice any of their two-way game to do it. Um, yeah, great synopsis. I have them at number two as well. Um, I was reading today. I was shocked to hear this. Uh, Marco Rossi led the entire NHL in preseason points. He had nine points, higher than any player in the league. Rookie player had more points than any player in the league. Um, you know, crazy. I mean, I know it's, you know, guys will out there will go, oh, yeah, but lots of guys, you know, veterans only play three games, whereas the kids play eight games, you know? But, like, fuck, like, I think he had, like, nine points in four or five or six games. Very, very respectable numbers. Um, and, yeah, supposedly he's centering that that fourth line. Um, and then, of course, Addison has me excited. I picked him up in fantasy today, so hope, hopefully he can strike gold there on the power play. Um, I'm hoping to really, you know, out of him, Zuccarello and Kaprasov really get a lot of power play production there. Um, but yeah, they're a very exciting team, to your point. They used to be kind of a boring defensive team back when Suter and Prize were there. And now they're more of a, you know, exciting team. You know, not only do they have that structure still, but they also have guys who can really light you up. I'm scared to play goalies against this team. Um, you know, I, I really think, you know, that top line's incredible. Zuccarello, Kaprizov, Hartman, they should still produce. Um, Eric Sinek, one of the best two-way forwards in the league. Uh, he'll be there with Marcus Foligno, Tyson Jost. Um, you know, Boldy, of course, hopefully he has a, a, a good growth year. Same goes for Rossi. Um, hopefully those guys can stay up all year, you know, Rossi, especially. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the, the defense is the same as usual. You know, Jonas Brodin continues to be one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. Uh, Spurgeon, incredibly smart defenseman. Um, you know, Dumba's still there, you know, we'll see what his shelf life is like there. A lot of talk about him maybe being traded out, but we'll see about that. And then, uh, you know, don't forget Jacob Middleton, a guy from San Jose last year, a guy they acquired at the deadline. Again, very defensive defenseman. Um, I think they're solid. They're, they're absolutely a solid team. They could even make a run for number one, Michael. I'm telling you, if, if Colorado slips and that goal, they don't get the goal pending out of Georgiev, uh, I, I think I think this team can make a run. And uh, I think it comes down to the health flurry. If Flurry can stay healthy and give them 55 to 60 good games, uh, I, I, I like this team making a run. Uh, Dean Evison continues to be one of the most in uh, like just fucking fiery coaches to watch behind the bench. The guy just fucking is insane every night. He, he's fired up. Um, and I, I just like a lot about this team. So sign me up, Minnesota. Definitely two, maybe even one. Yeah, I complete agreement. And yeah, I just, I mean, I think they, what they need to be number one is they need one of their younger guys to emerge as a more serious scoring threat. 
But if Boldy can show that he can consistently be the guy that they they got him to be last year, I think he could be that supporting scoring threat, that you know secondary or tertiary guy, um, where all of a sudden they start to build up the points, they start to pick up the wins, and Colorado's seriously looking in their rearview mirror. For sure. Um, which leads us to Colorado at one. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Uh, more or less the same roster they're bringing back. They lost some players, namely Burakovsky to Seattle. Um, who else did they lose? They lost uh, Kadri to, to Calgary. Um, who else am I missing? Oh, yeah, and Kemper, the goalie, obviously. Um, yeah. But, yeah, those are more or less the big the big kind of losses they had. But, the, like Tampa, the core is intact. That in itself makes you think they'll, they'll continue to put up a good year. Um, the only thing I really want to discuss with you, Michael, is the goaltending, you know. Kemper's gone, so you got Franco's kind of there. You got Georgiev, who signed the deal. Sakic has called him the starter. We'll see if that actually manifests itself. Um, yeah, I don't have much new things to talk about with this team other than the goaltending. So how do you see that situation playing out between Georgiev and Franco's? Well, so I think I think you have to give Georgiev a shot as the number one. I think he gets a long look at it. I think Colorado is one of the few teams in the league where you can pop any NHL goalie back there, and whether they're a starter or a backup, they'll get you wins, they'll pick up the points. Um, but I think he looked really good at times in New York, but New York obviously had Shesterkin, and Shesterkin was the guy. Uh, but... You know, over the past couple of years, there were definitely some issues. Georgiev wasn't as trusted by the staff, I think, in New York. Still a very talented goalie, still really good. My experience with him is that any time he plays the Leafs, he takes it to a whole nother level. So I'm glad that he's out of the conference. But, um, yeah, I think, like, they have to give him a serious shot. It's possible that he's better than Kemper for them. Right. Like the thing with Kemper is he's a really good goalie, but anybody can look Vezina caliber behind that Colorado Avalanche team. Um, and so if if Georgiev can be better than Kemper, then I think they're a lock for number one. And if he stumbles, then that's where you see a possibility that they get dethroned as number one. But they're not falling further than two with the with the talent that they no. have. No, no, no. Unless it's a crazy injury to one of the stars. Uh, I, I see that happening. Um, okay, we'll finish up here with the Pacific Division. Um, I'll start with the San Jose Sharks at number eight. That's where I got them. Um, sad, saddens me as a San Jose Shark fan. Um, but unfortunately, we spoke about this on draft night. I just, uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of upside here offensively. I think this is going to be one of the most offensively challenged teams in the league. Another team to spot start against, you know, other than a Timo Meyer um, and a hurdle. There's not really much to to really like about this team. I don't think the prospects are ready to make an impact. You know, as we, as, as much as we like some of the guys they've drafted recently, um, I just, I just don't see it. And 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 they're in a tough spot because they don't suck enough to be a bottom feeder like Chicago and Arizona. They still have enough veterans like Couture and Meyer and Hurdle who are going to keep giving this team value. Um, but unfortunately, those guys, their contracts suck so much that you can't just move them out and tank like Chicago and Arizona because no one wants to pick up those contracts. You know? Vlasic has one of the worst contracts in all the NHL. Um, you know, it, 
it's just it's just brutal. You're still paying off the buyout of Martin Jones. So this 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 the the the, the cap situation here is 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 very messed up. Um, and uh, you know they 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 will be in the Bedard sweepstakes. I think there will be a bottom five team in the league. Uh, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, safe can safely say that. And I hope they get him. They're my top pick to get the dart. And uh, I, I really do hope they get him. But I can't. I don't really want to talk about this team anymore, uh, Mike. That, that's probably my my best synopsis. A team not bad enough to to, to tank all the way, but uh, you know, a team obviously not good enough to compete. And uh, and and those contracts, boy oh boy, Carlson, Vlasic, they just look brutal. And uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good there in San Jose. That uh that Greer, that uh that GM there. Uh, he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Well, and, and they're bad, but they're not bad enough. And their big names will keep them out of, like, the bottom three in the league. But if they're any higher than fifth or sixth worst, I would be surprised. Um, it'll be interesting to see come deadline day, any team that's looking for a goaltender. They've got Reimer and uh, Capo Kakinen. And so, so they're... They would be able to move one of those two out to pick up some assets if if they need to, um, but yeah, I agree. There's not there's not a whole lot of silver linings to this roster, um, and it's just it's so tough because you hear Carlson's comments about you know he wants to win, he's here to win, but it's this year is not going to be one where they're in a position to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, and for our fantasy, like Meyer should have a good year. I'm crossing my fingers Carlson can can have a good year, not with 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 uh, with uh, Burns there, but unfortunately, that's how I see it there with San Jose. Um, number seven, the team that Shane Wright will be making his debut Thursday night with in Anaheim. Um, I was floored when he ended up going to Seattle at the draft. Kyle and I were in the middle of a pit in uh, London, England. A, a, a pit in a club. We were live streaming on our little cellular device, the draft, and uh, I was rejoicing when 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 Shane Wright dropped to number four. Um, it was it was it was quite the quite the night, and it looks like he's getting a shot. It sounds like he's made the team. Um, you know, I was reading an article recently where they interviewed the GM there, Ron Francis, and he thinks Berniers and Wright are going to stick around the whole year. So. He doesn't seem worried about competing. I think it's it, it's one of those teams where you're happy to just see the kids grow at the expense of the success of the team, which is fine. I think the fans there want to see these kids play, so I think it, it works that way optically. You can sell it to the fans that way. You're seeing the, the, the future of your franchise play. Um, and, uh, yeah, they signed Burakovsky. That should give them some upside offensively. They also signed uh, a guy by the name of Oliver Bjorkstand, from uh, from Columbus, who was kind of an underrated, you know, offensive tool there in in Columbus. So I think he'll he'll come with the same, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, success there. A healthier Tanev, you know, we all love Tanev and his physical style. Hopefully, he stays healthy and can give them a good year. Um, and and I think those guys they'll help insulate the rookies, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, the defense hasn't changed all too much. It looks more or less the same. And then the goaltending, in my mind, has taken a hit. I think Martin Jones is one of the worst goalies in the league. I think people know this if they've been listening to me for a while. But uh, I don't see how he helps them in any shape or form. Uh, but they will be better than San Jose because San Jose is just at the bottom of the barrel right now. And this team has a bit more upside. 
like I said, analytically speaking, they had some of the worst goaltending last year. I'd like to think that improves. Grubauer ought to, you know, fix something with his game. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's my take on Seattle. I'll be watching a lot of their games. Very excited. They'll probably be my top game center team. Um, and very excited to see how Shane Wright's rookie year goes. I don't think he wins rookie of the year. You know, probably not in the top three. I think the problem there is Bernier's, unfortunately, on the depth chart is just higher. So he's going to get the better minutes. So I could see Bernier's being in a top three for the Norris. Or sorry, for the uh, for the for the caller. Yeah. Um, but uh, but not Shane Wright. So that's how I uh, that's how I stand here with with Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think Bernier's and Wright are really good building blocks, but that's that's where this team is. Right. They're building mm-hmm. and yeah. they're. They are another team that's just okay, right? On paper, they're just okay. Even with a goaltend bounce back, they're just okay. I think a successful year for them is both Beneers and Wright are like 50 points or more players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is a Calder finalist. Um, I don't think I don't think Ron Francis would be angry if it was one or the other, uh, so long as one of them is in the conversation. Uh, and and I agree with your point that Beniers definitely will be getting more of a look because of his position on the depth chart. Um, but yeah, they should be exciting to watch. They should be similar to Montreal, but better this year. Uh, and I hope that Shane Wright completely blows expectations out of the water and has a fantastic rookie year because I, I would love to see him succeed in Seattle. Yeah. No, it's it's a good landing spot for him. Much less pressure than he would have got in Montreal. You're seeing some Scott Slavkovsky kind of drown in that pressure right now. I'm glad Shane won't get the same treatment, and uh, hopefully he performs. Um, and so you know, Michael, uh, the Shane Wright jersey order has been placed. It will be coming in short order. So you'll see me uh, wearing a Seattle jersey in short. Did order. you did you go with the white or the blue? The blue had to go with yeah. the blue. Uh, um, yeah, it's a it's I, a it's a sharp look. I might do the same, unless wow. I go Marco Rossi Wild one. We'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice jersey too. Um, so yeah, I was I was fired up. Um, okay, number six, another team on the rise with their prospects, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, for those who missed the World Juniors this past summer, Mason McTavish with arguably the the most incredible single-handed uh, plays in the World Junior history, saving that puck on the blue line, getting it out, and, of course, uh, leading to the game winner. Um, just just an incredible effort of hand-eye coordination, of, of, of presence, clutch factor. I love this kid. This, I want to follow his career for net, forever now because that play single-handedly got my attention. And his whole tournament, you know, the guy's just a gamer. The guy just plays hard. The guy is – you, you want to cheer for him. The guy just – the guys, I, I hope he has a great career. And uh, I'm very excited to see how he does with Anaheim. That's another guy who you can make the argument easily a top five Calder uh, nominee, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, how's, how's he performed with Zegras? I think that's going to be very exciting. Um, lots, lots of upside there in Anaheim, which is something we haven't been able to say. You know, they've always been kind of a boring team the last, you know, three to five years. Um, but now with Drysdale, with McDavich, with, 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 um, Secrets. It's it's going to be very exciting, and uh, I think they're on the right path here. Unfortunately, not enough there to support them making a run. You know, John Gibson. I think I heard the other days is fighting an injury, 
that's not good. Anytime you hear he's hurt, that's not very good because they don't have a lot of backup presence there. Um, you know, Klingberg, you know, will help the, on the on the back end. He should he should give them a little more offensive push from there. Um, but other than that, can't really say much about Anaheim. Not a team I'll be watching too much of this year, but at least they now have fun guys like McTavish uh, and Zegris and Drysdale to uh, to to continue their growth. So there you have it. Yeah, uh, I've got Anaheim at six as well for much the same reason. They've got a lot of exciting young talent. Jamie Drysdale on the back end should be a really dynamic player for them to to help feed the puck to their forwards who can can do stuff that most other players in the NHL can't, right? Like Mason McTavish because of his physicality and the way that he plays the puck, uh, Trevor Zegers because of his puck skills. It's they've They've got... A variety of different ways they can come at you and uh they should be exciting to watch i like the additions of klingberg and strom to add a little bit more of a veteran voice and klingberg i think when they approach the trade deadline and they're on the outside looking in he can fetch them a nice little return as well um so yeah no i like i like anaheim i don't think that they will make the playoffs this year but i think that they will take a step forward, be exciting to watch. And like, who knows? They could, much like LA last year, surprise a lot of people. They could be that team. Uh, but I, I don't think that they're going to be that team in the sense that they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, no, certainly agree. It would be shocking if they're a playoff team, but um, that's what we'll, 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 we'll have them there. So, so, so far, we're right on point here. Um, yeah. Might take a change here. Another team pains me to say it. I think this team will miss the playoffs. Barely. LA Kings. I have the LA Kings missing the playoffs. I think last year was a great year for them. I think they were very fortunate to get in. They had a good seven-game series against Edmonton. Um, But I just like the teams ahead of them a a tied bit more. And, uh, you know, I like the Fiala signing. I think Kopitar has been missing a guy to really play with. I think Kopitar can have another great year. 70 points is not out of the question. Definitely more than that, I'm calling it. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fiala was a great, you, you know him better than me, you know, watching a lot more Minnesota games. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on how he'll fit in. But uh, but I just think the guy's a, the guy's a scorer, you know, very much like Debrinkat, you know, high, high volume shooter, talented scorer should help them on the power play immensely i've never really been intimidated by an la king's power play maybe this guy adds that element that's been missing um but other than that i just i think they're very good i think they're a very good team but i think this is a this is a tough conference and uh i think they're going to be it's going to come down to the wire and they might very well make it but i personally have them just missing um and uh that's that's how i uh, sit with the la king's so, so I'll talk about them more when we get to where I have them. But the thing I will say about Fiala is I think that a lot of people talk about him as being uh, propped up a little bit by Kaprizov. But I believe most of Fiala's production came at five on five, not on the power play. And that was where he wasn't playing with Kaprizov. So like, he's a very, very good player. Should, you know, he'll push players down the depth chart. And they're, they're going to be a very good team for that addition. Okay. Um, for for me at five, I have Vancouver. So I, I've got Vancouver at five, uh, and I think they make the playoffs because, as I said, I've only got three out of the Central, mm-hmm. five out of the Pacific. And the reason I have Vancouver at five has less to do with how they are as a team and more to do with the injuries that they're facing to start the year. 
starting the year without Brock Besser, potentially with Ilya Mikheyev dealing with something. Um, Tyler Myers is out for, for some time. Quinn Hughes is apparently taking a little bit more time to get into things in Vancouver. Uh, so he might not be as fast off the start as far as point production goes. So I, I think they've got a lot of injuries to start the year. They're going to have to overcome it. But a full year of Bruce Boudreau at the helm. JT Miller is back. He's not worrying about contract stuff this year. So he can just play his game. Uh, they still have, you know, a great team with great center and wing depth. A solid enough defensive core. Uh, where if they were all healthy to start, maybe they'd work their way up in the Pacific standings. But uh, because of injuries to start, I have them at five. Very fair. I have them at four. I have them making the playoffs. Uh, the Bruce Boudreau quote, I believe, was that it would be a big disaster if they missed the playoffs. So I'm taking him for his word. I don't think they'll be a big disaster. We all saw the Boudreau bump they got when he was hired midseason last year. I think you're right to say a full year of him should help this team. Um, and, and I just know, I, I, I just, I've always been, you know, fond of their ability to score. You know, I think they have a solid first two lines there. Um, the D might be a little suspect, but I think Demko is talented enough to cover those blemishes. And I just, I, I think, I think Boudreaux, we've seen time and time again, is the ultimate regular season coach. You know, he just, he knows what buttons to push. He knows how to not make his voice get too boring and stagnant. And uh, I think this team responds. And uh, that's why I have them ahead of L.A. I only have four teams making it out of the Pacific. And I, I mean it, like, till the last game of the season, it's going to be this team in L.A. butting heads. But I just have this team eclipsing L.A. And uh, I have them at number four. Yeah. Well, and for fantasy, I uh, have it from a friend of mine who's a Vancouver Canucks fan that Elias Pettersson put in a hell of a lot of work this offseason. Wow. So uh, he's, he's picking him for big point production. That's 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 fantastic. And uh, and again, you, you look at their additions. I mean, I think Mikheyev is a nice addition there. You know, I we always had, as Lee fans, we liked his two way game. He was always kind of a streaky scorer, but he had a great two way game. I think that's something they were missing, you know, defensively getting defense out of the forwards. I think he's going to help them with that. Um, and I, I, I just see uh, I think Garland should have a bounce back here. You know, he had a bad year last year. I think he's too talented to have another year like that. Um, I think he'll be a little more comfortable with his new surroundings. I think that'll help. But Colson, another year of development. I know a lot of guys are high on him. He was going high in drafts. I don't know why, but, you know, lots of guys clearly high with high on this guy. So, um, yeah, there's just there's more things to like with this team than, than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four is Vegas. And I know wow. you're a Golden Knights fan, Nick, so that yeah. may surprise you. Uh, but I think that Bruce Cassidy is not going to be enough to cover up the issues that they're going to have in goal with Hmm. Robin Leonard out for the year. Hmm. Um, I still like the Vegas roster, and I think that whoever gets them in the playoffs is not going to be very happy because they're going to be a wildcard team based on how I've projected them right now. Hmm. Uh, But they have a lot of upset material written all over them. I think people aren't giving Jack Eichel enough credit. The guy was paid $10.5 million, went second overall for a reason, and he showed that in Buffalo up until the point that he got injured. Mm-hmm. He's now had a full offseason after his surgery, after he came back midseason to get healthy. And I think he's going to go out there and play really well. And if they put Phil Kessel on his line, somebody who is a secondary scoring threat, 
who is, you know, the reason why he's stuck so long in the league is because he's smart, right? He doesn't get injured because he plays the game in a way where he can avoid that. He, you know, people would say, oh, maybe he's not going into the corners, but he doesn't necessarily need to. He gets to the open space. He creates for himself and for others. And I think him and Eichel together will be a dynamic duo. I would, you know, try to pick up Kessel if you can in fantasy because I think that he'll have a lot of great value. Uh, but I think that their offense will not cover up the goaltending, the goaltending issues they may have. And their D, although it's it's great, and Petrangelo and Theodore are really good back there, uh, won't be good enough to keep the puck out of the net, even with Bruce Cassidy at the helm. Okay. Well, again, we agreed. We agree to disagree here. I, I lean more into the coaching than you and Kyle do. And uh, I have them going second, actually. I have them second in the Pacific. Uh, I think they do get the coaching bump. And as you know, I'm higher on the goalies than you guys are. That's why I yeah. picked Logan Thompson so high in the draft. I Anyone who's watched Thompson play, I just I, I like his game. I think technically he's a great goalie. He doesn't give up bad goals. He covers a lot of the crease, especially the lower part of the crease. When he goes down, he's a big kid, tall kid. Um, I just I, I like his game and he's a gamer. The guy's a gamer. He almost got them into the playoffs last year. The team in front of them let him down, but this kid battled and uh, I expect he will be the starter this year. I think Paul Bissonette called it. He said this guy's going to be top seven in Vezina uh, voting. Logan wow. Thompson. Um, so, I, I, you know, Paul might be a little bit high on him there. I don't think I'm that high, uh, but hell, I, I, I hope he's right. And uh, I just don't see the guys below him challenging him. You know, Aiden Hill, Laurent Brassois, those guys are just, those guys are just, uh, those guys are just back, career backups, travelman backups. And I, I don't think they give Thompson the run, you know, because this Thompson guy, you look at his AHL numbers, they were amazing. And this, this, this kid's always been good at every level he's been to. So, and he's still young. Um, so I think he's kind of the next, the next great goalie there in, 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 in Vegas. And I think Cassidy's going to make his job very easy. And I think their defense, one to six, is arguably the best defense in the league. Petrangelo, Theodore. Uh, I just heard they signed Nick Haig. That's a huge uh, addition for them. Uh, Zach Whitecloud is huge. Alec Martinez can still play like a playoff, uh, you know, in his vintage playoff form with the Kings. Um, I, I I still think this team very, very highly. Um, and, and again, you mentioned it with Eichel. I think he has 100 points this year. Uh, I, I picked them high in fantasy. I think he can do that. Um, I, you know, with, it'll be interesting to see how they, they haven't quite decided how they're playing their top six, you know, is, is how do you deploy Mark Stone? Do you play him with Eichel or not? Where does Marjuso go? Does he go with Michael or not? There's so many different areas they can go there, especially on the power play. But I like their defense enough to be extremely high on them. I like the coach enough to be extremely high on them. And I'm kind of going to, I'm going to let the forwards and the goalie play itself out. And, and I'm, I'm hoping by the end of the year, they outperform expectations and uh, they come second there in the Pacific. Yeah, I mean, I think that's higher than most people have them because... Oh, for sure. Because the goal a lot of people have them missing. A lot of people just have this team missing. Which I which I think is is not the right way to look at it, mm-hmm. um, right? They, they, they've had to scuttle their lineup a little bit because of cap issues, but they're still a really good team. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, it was a weird off season, um, you know, especially firing DeBoer, shocker. Um, but, uh, but I think they got the right man to replace him there. And, uh, I, I, I'm very high on this team and I'm, I'm curious to see how they do. So, uh, who's your number three, Mike? 
My number three is LA. And Tell me I, about why you're higher on LA than me. So I, I really like LA this year because I think that all of their young guys last year took a step forward and I expect them to continue to do the same. They brought in Deneau, who has been a great support for Kopitar and has allowed Kopitar to find a little bit more of his prime game again, which has been fantastic to see. Kevin Fiala is a great addition. He's going to provide a scoring punch on the offense, uh, which will, you know, help to build on last year, which I think was a surprise to a lot of people. It was a surprise to me. Um, Cal Peterson, I know you're you're a fan it's of fantastic. Cal uh, and Jonathan Quick had a nice resurgent season last year, and so I think they've got a great tandem in net. Um, if Drew Doughty stays healthy, then Drew Doughty can be a really impactful player still. Uh, is he overpaid? Yes, but like he's being paid for what he was, not what he is now. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I really like the pieces of this team. I'm a huge fan of, of the addition of Fiala. I think Quinton Byfield might show us this year why he was picked number two. Like, I think he's taken some time to adjust. He's had a really rough go of it as far as development because of the pandemic. But I think that, you know, last year he got injured to start the season and had to come back from that. And he's starting healthy this year and that he's going to be, he might not be, you know, a super productive player, but he's going to have an impact out there. Yeah, I think that's the guy circled for me is is how the hell that guy does this year. You know, I know in the playoffs, he was a healthy scratch. He started the series, had some miscues defensively, had some bad turnovers that really punched his team in the face. Um, and we never saw him again. I think it was a very disappointing end to the year for Quentin Byfield. Anyone will tell you that. I think he was disappointed. Um, so I, 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 I this year, I, I want to know, you know, can he stick around 82 games? Does he get sent down to Ontario? We'll see. Um, but I, I, I'd like to see this guy put together a, a full season of his belt. I mean, right now he's slated to, to center the third line with yet Ayafalo and Kaliev. Um, and yeah, I, I hope this guy can, can bring it. Um, cause, cause you know, it's, 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 you see the guys around him, right? Stutzel is going to have a great year in Ottawa. Laugh is starting to show his true colors. This guy's lagging behind him. You know, he's, he's slagging behind him a little and he's got a, I, I, you know, I know he hasn't had maybe as much help around him and, 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 and stuff like that. But at a certain point, this guy's got to show he can play because, because, you know, Kyle and I have talked about set nauseum, the, the awareness, the defensive awareness, the hockey IQ element still seems to be missing with this kid, you know, and uh, we got to see some maturity. We got to see some growth. I'm tired of waiting. He's, he's got to show something this year, you know? Yeah, well, it's interesting because Slavkovsky as well has been critiqued for that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, big players can often get by for a long time, especially big players with speed, on being bigger, stronger, and faster than the rest of the people around them. Um, and then you get to the NHL where all of a sudden you also have to be smarter too. And I think it's been a bit of a steep learning curve because he's sort of been dropped into that a little prematurely due to the pandemic. But this year he he's going to figure it out. I, I certainly hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, like if he can put together uh, 45, 50 points, I, I think I'd be happy with that production from him on the third line. So we'll yeah. see. Um, okay, number two for me, as we wrap this up, uh, we haven't talked about them yet, Edmonton Oilers. Or sorry, I have them three. I have Vegas, I think yeah. I said Vegas two, Edmonton three. Um, not much to add. I, you know, I don't think they made too many additions. 
Um, I just think you gotta you gotta keep rolling with the stars. You know, terrible terrible end to the year last year. You know, I think they had a great run, but you know they were outmatched by Colorado clearly by getting swept in four games. Um, and uh, I just I don't know. I I just think the stars ought to perform. The stars ought to stay healthy. I think kids like Bouchard need to continue to grow. You know, can you get guys like like those guys to continue to grow? Do we see finally Dylan Holloway? You know, I think that's a guy I I was very high on on that draft. He was arguably my favorite player in that draft when Kyle and I were previewing that draft a couple of years ago. And uh, Dylan Holloway, that's a guy I could see really fitting in there because he's just a hard forechecking guy, gritty guy, kind of like a Zach Hyman. And I, I want to see if he can kind of play that role and stick around there in Edmonton. You know, I, I think he has a big year. I hope he has a big year. Um, and, 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 and that's a team. That's a guy I really want to see play hard. So, um, you know, Jack Campbell, how does he perform? You know, I, for the longest time, me and Joe, Mike Smith, we called him a fucking joke. You know, this guy should not have been playing in the NHL. Um, Jack Campbell's a better goalie, objectively a better goalie than Mike Smith. I think he shows us that. Um, I think he helped solidify that goaltending, him and Jeff Skinner. Um, I think the goaltending in itself, the improved goaltending, gets this team solidified in that top three for sure. Um, and so that's that's those are the kind of the big stories. How does Dylan Holloway perform? Um, can the goaltending, you know, solidify itself there? And do we see the growth in the stars like, you know, Evan Bouchard? Does he eclipse Darnell Nurse on the power play? Um, I think stuff like that is going to be very, very, very fascinating. Um, but yeah, Edmonton uh, number three. Yeah, so I've got Edmonton two. Uh, the big question I have is can Campbell perform, right? It's it's going to be, is he November Jack Campbell or is he February on Jack Campbell for the Edmonton Oilers? Um, and then as far as defense goes, yeah, they didn't really make a whole lot of improvements. So uh, we'll see. They're still gonna have to. They'll live and die with McDavid and Drysital, which isn't a bad, isn't a bad, you know, bet to make. But uh, there's not much to say about Edmonton. They're they're very much the same team as last year. Um, it's just whether or not they can take that next step, and if the goaltending will be good enough. Yeah. Like again, I think they're a very flawed team defensively. I think they're a very flawed team. I look mm-hmm. at the the defense, and I'm like, CC Barry. Kulak like that's half your core I'm just I'm like what what is going on here you know but I think that the goalies will help cover the blemishes better than Mike Smith would have and 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 the stars are still you still have arguably the two best players in the league yeah your team. You cannot miss the playoffs with those guys unless there's a devastating injury yeah. um fingers crossed that doesn't happen so Edmonton two or sorry three for me two for you and lastly number one um you know, we both agree with this one. Calgary Flames. Um, they'll be fun to watch. I'm fun. It's going to be very fun to see how those new guys fit in. You know, how does Huberto fit in? How many points does this guy put up in, in the Daryl Sutter system? Um, you know, but to me, I think it's, I, you know, I, I take back what I said about Vegas being the best defense. I think this is the best defense in the league. You know, you look at their six. It's just solid. The addition of Uyghur, it's just really, really solid top to bottom i think daryl sutter gets the most out of them i think they win the jennings trophy i think markstrom is one of the three guys up for the Vezina. he probably loses it because voters see that it's more the team in front of him that's giving him the good numbers than than actually markstrom um and that's my that's my prediction for the flames i think they're the best team there in that division the defense it'll start with daryl sutter in the defense 
Um, they'll get enough out of the forwards. Huberto will will be a fine addition, and uh, and uh, and yeah, that's 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 how I see it going for uh, for Calgary. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look, they lost they lost Goudreau and Kachuk, but I think they replaced them well with Huberto, Wegar, and Kadri. And I think ultimately they may end up being a better regular season team for it, right? Um, it remains to be seen once they get to playoffs, you know, can Huberto have the impact that they need him to have? But I think uh, I think he's going to drive play. Sutter has shown that he can take players who have underlying analytics on defense that aren't very good and really turn them around. And I think that's what he's going to do with Huberto. He's going to hide his worst qualities and really like allow him to highlight his best uh and yeah as you said right like they've got the best decor in the league they're playing with a daryl sutter system and if they get past that they've got i think marks from six foot five and not just six foot five but incredibly talented so they, they've got a great setup for success there and if they don't finish first i would be surprised yeah, no, me too. I just think, you know, they, they'll get so much consistency playing under that coach, you know, like a lot of teams, you know, they can't play with that same style consistently, but that's a coach who will just bury it into your brain how you need to play. And uh, I think he's got the, like, that's a Daryl, that's, if he asked for a team, a carbon copy Daryl Sutter team to play in front of him, I think he has it now. I think Trilliping has given him that. I think, you know, like I said, the defenseman, he's drooling to see what he can get out of those guys. Markstrom's a great goalie, although in the playoffs he definitely slipped, and that's why I don't think I don't consider him an elite goalie. I consider him more of a great goalie. Um, and uh, and yeah, up front, I mean, I think they're more complete down the middle. You know, Kadri and Lindholm, and uh, and and now uh, you know who who is it? Their their third line center. Um, his name eludes me. Yeah, Backlund. Like he's way better as a three C than a two C, you know. And I, I just think they're more complete. And and Kadri hopefully can put up like sixty points, sixty five points. I don't think he'll have as high a year as he did in Colorado, but hopefully he has a solid year. Um. So yeah, they'll uh they'll be an interesting team to watch. Boring because it's a Sutter team, but I will just enough to watch. And there'll be enough reason to watch them purely to see how those new toys fit in, you know. Yeah. And 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 what kind of year Huberto has. Um. So. That's it for me on Calgary. Me too. Okay. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, episode one of season five is in the books. We hope you enjoyed it. You have our predictions. You can write them down. You can see how terribly wrong we are at the end of the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so thanks for stepping in, Michael. Uh, this was a first with no Kyle on the show, but uh, you filled in admirably. Uh, any parting comments for the fans of the show? Uh, just good luck with all of your fantasy seasons out there. Uh, hopefully you have better predictions than I do, because I'm sure we'll look back at these at the end of the year and be saying, how could Michael have put, you know, the Minnesota wild second in the division. Right. They were so obviously first. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see that team play. It's going to be very fun. Um, and yeah, same goes for me. Good luck in all your fantasy leagues. We'll give you guys periodic updates on our league, on our show as we go along. And uh, we'll go from there. So thank you again for tuning in. It was a pleasure to serve you yet again. Uh, and uh, we look forward to providing you more content here on season five of Rink News. Crazy to think it's been that long. But, uh, but thanks again for tuning in. And thank you for all the support. So until next time, uh, take care and good night.